We are listener supported. One radio network. Uh, that would be us. Happy New You. Good morning. Whoa. I, I, I had to kind of retrain myself. I had been two weeks since I've done this. And uh, missed you guys. I know you didn't miss me, but okay, whatever. But it's uh, the 3rd of January. Woke up this morning and it was, um, and you were on my mind. What's that song? I'll ask Adam. He probably remembers that one. Woke up this morning and you were on my mind. Um, 17 degrees here in uh, uh, Dripping Springs this morning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I tell you, I put on my woolly jumpers and went outside and Doodle and I ran around a little bit. It's great, man. But uh, it's about 4.50 now, so it warmed up. But that was for 5 o'clock this morning when I got up. So anyway, don't mind me. I'm just babbling around here. Uh, this is Patrick Timpone. Welcome to the show. We're streaming live on audio, oneradionetwork.com, and also streaming live video on oneradionetwork.com. We've got a great week lined up for you, and if I can get to the schedule, I'll let you know who it is because I haven't looked for a long time. I won't even remember unless I look. Broadcast schedule. Adam the Bergstrom's coming up. Tomorrow we're going to talk with uh, William Davis. He's a doc, uh, uh, an MD, super gut. He, he, oh, he was the guy that did the weak belly thing. Now he's got a new book called Super Gut. We'll talk to him about that. Then there's also a doc that, um, uh, it's not on the schedule because I don't know why, but I know we're, we're going to have him on. He... Uh, He's, he's been really getting involved with, uh, oh, now Google wants to get look at my password so I can look at the schedule. You see these people? They make you crazy. But I'm a crazy already. Let me see if I can do it. Anyway, he's a fellow that was involved with uh, uh, really getting his little fanny, uh, you know, kick because of his uh, approach to vaccines. And we're going to update him. Let me get his name here. If I, Google will let me in. Isn't it great when these tech people tell you that I don't know you and tell me who you are? And, you know, that's just great. You know, I just, uh, his name is uh, Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul. Paul, the vaccine doc is what I have on the schedule. So whatever. But he's going to be here. And then Melissa Sell a little bit later on this week. And she's in into the German New Medicine, which now they're calling uh, Germanic Healing Medicine. I believe that's the new and approved name for you. So here we are. Uh, we have lots of uh, lots of things to do. The 800 line is out this morning. I, I put in a repair order a few days ago, but it's still out. So just email Adam's questions and comments, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Hope you had a good time. I sure did. And uh, hope your New Year's. And you. this is going to be, this, this is going to be, whoa, uh, happy new you, Adam Bergstrom. Happy New Year 2022. You think we're in for a ride this year, Adam? Nope. We stayed home. No, no. Get I out. said, I, I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't very clear. Do you think we're in for a ride with Happy New Year 22 and 2022? Buckle your seatbelts <laughs> because 2022 is going to be worse. Oh, uh, no. But you as think? long as you yeah. uh, disappear within the cracks, you'll be okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you don't, yeah. they, they're not letting up. Our planetary overseers don't like us. I, you know, it must have been something we said. Or done. I think so. <laughs> we said, hey, I'd like to be free. 
Oh, no, 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 let's not do that freedom thing. Isn't it funny? I mean, it's funny, but it's strange, but I agree with you. So your 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 concept is similar to, to the host here, that um, staying under the radar, staying out of sight, staying away from these loonies is really the only way because they're not going to stop. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. I learned that from uh, my mentor, Adon Lulay, and also my good friend, Greg Whitewood, who's yeah. an expert at that. He's hiding out in Idaho at this point, and he knows how to stay under the radar and do his thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you know, we can talk about it because I, I think there's a lot to the idea that spiritually, I know this is true, I can't, I can't prove it, but spiritually as we change our consciousness in a different reality from other people, I believe, and I can't prove it because I'm not them, I believe we literally, physically, become invisible i do i do too do you yeah of course you're crazy you and i are the two craziest guys on the planet so you and i agreeing with each other doesn't mean much (laughs) now i saw an excellent example of that my mentor adonal ray one time made himself invisible to a person we could all see him my friend a friend of mine was having an argument with her uh boyfriend yeah. And she was very contentious anyway. She knew Adonna Lay very well, but she came in the health food store and she said, hi to me. Hi, Ginger. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Hugo. And Melissa had her arm around Adonna and she didn't say hi. Mm-hmm. So I, I wondered about that. She went out, had an argument with her boyfriend. Adonna leaned over and said, uh, he's going, she, he's going to hit her. It didn't happen. She came running in again. I'm going to call the police, call the police, and uh, still <laughs> didn't see Adano. And at one point, Ginger, one of my friends, mentioned his name uh, to talk to him. She said, Adano. And he hit her on the head and said, shish, like that would give him away. <laughs> well, years later, I told this person that he had been there, and she would not believe it. She said, do you know? I know Adano so well. I've been to many of his workshops. Yeah. You don't think I would know if he was in the same building with me? Yeah. So he made himself totally yeah. invisible. Yeah, I, he claimed yeah. what you do is when the other person is inhaling, you hold your breath. Oh. And when they exhale, you hold your breath. And when and when you're exhaling, you wait, get to the point where they hold their breath. Well, that's and a little geeky for me. I, I, I think experiment yeah. with somebody. I think else. it could happen too, just without just with our state of consciousness, Adam. Uh, but but the breathing thing is interesting. I'd not heard that. Um, I can recall. Oh gosh, uh, when this whole thing started, what was it? Two years? It's been how? Is this a third year into this silly? Third year. The third year in what? Third year into this pan, plan, whatever this thing is. This yeah, it's getting getting close to it. it. The lockdown's been two years. Okay, two years. two years. Well, I can recall a couple years ago going to the post office, right? And they've got signs everywhere. And they've got a sign at the front door, you do not enter without a mask. And everybody's got a mask. And they got plastic up there. And, you know, I don't think I've worn a mask but one time when I wanted to go into a store in, in the whole thing. Once... And I went in there without a mask, and you know what? Nobody said a word. Mm-hmm. Not, no, you know, checked out and everything. Everybody lined up with a mask. So I, I would, that's when I start to get, I think, I don't, you know, I don't think they really saw me, you know. They, 
You know what I'm saying? I don't think they really saw me. That's what I'm thinking. There have been books written on that. In fact, they, I choose to remember the name of this guy, but he wrote a book called The Trick of Money is Having Some. Yeah. You remember him? The Trick to Money wrote, is Having uh, Some? He wrote one entire book on how to be invisible and how to practice uh. and you know go into shopping malls and do this and do that. Yeah. So I believe, yes, it's possible. Oh, I'm sure it is. Because, you know, they're, they're just different. It's just physical reality and things are popping up all the time, right? Uh, in and out, you know, it's just all a big dream. The universe is made out of 97% dark matter. So what we don't see is most of the things. <laughs> We're only seeing a small fraction. And if you look at the color spectrum alone, yeah. which is our visual sight, that's such a tiny bit of even the, the light matter. We're not even talking about the the dark matter, which is 97 more percent, and that never changes. It's so, not subject to any of the laws of nature that they know, and they can't explain it, just like junk DNA, 97% of it. Oh, because we don't know what it does, it must not do anything. Uh, so what's dark matter? What, what is dark matter? Well, it means there are universes within universes, within universes, throughout the universes. <laughs> and this is just one universe, and it's unlimited. There's no end to it, and yet there's no end to no end. <laughs> there is no end. There is no we end. go on till midnight eternity. We're here, like it or not, we're stuck till midnight eternity. You know, and I don't think, you know, as you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a flat earth uh, geeker, uh, terra firma guy. As you know, and uh, if you really look at what's going on in Antarctica, uh, and you know the they got 300 miles of ice that's circling Antarctica with this big 300 foot wall, and Admiral Byrd was out oh, oh 40 years ago, went on CBS and said, you know, there's a lot of land on the other side, <laughs> right? He said this <laughs> 40 years ago, and which is when they formed NASA. This is when they formed NASA, and then this is when they did the UN treaty. So they all signed this treaty saying that the UN kind of runs Antarctica and you can't, tonight, to this day, you cannot go down there and fly over that 300 mile ice wall, Adam, to see what's over there. And there's people that conjecture there's, there could be an infinite amount of land, physical reality. I mean, how, it could be, you know, it could be, it could be 20,000 miles. Who, who knows? This is, and, you know, a lot of people conjecture that the globalists and the people that, you know, are in on the UN, that there's all kinds of uh, rare earth minerals and oil and gold and stuff over there, and they just, they just have it themselves. Pretty interesting. You know, I wanted to write a screenplay about that someday. <laughs> <laughs> real possible, though. Real possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. You you can, I mean, you go down there. You go, you go down there today, Adam, and I've seen videos, literally real videos, and you try to fly over there, and they'll they'll uh, they launch aircraft, and they tell you to turn around, man. Can't do it. Can't do it. UN. So, a friend of mine claims he skydived an, an adventure. A friend of mine over the North Pole and landed on the. No, this is pole, South Pole. So. South Pole. Oh, South Pole. I'm talking North Pole. Yeah. Yeah, he did the North Pole, oh, not the South Pole. Oh, yes. I had a friend of mine was a, a was a scientist down there. In fact, someone who did some of the work on our Yes No Maybe book actually was a Arctic uh, Antarctic. Uh, uh, he lived there for eight months or so. Anyway, 
Yeah. Oh, you know, there's people stationed down there, a Navy station down there, uh, you know, in, in, in the area where people can go. But uh, this whole thing across the ice, there's something going on there that they don't want us to know about, but I'd sure like to know someday. Um, we're going to have fun this morning, as we always do. If you'd like to join us, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. I was uh, thinking this morning, and um, I always pull out your book. Oh, I should have brought up a copy. You probably have one. Yes, No, Maybe, Chronobiotic Nutrition. You got a front page there? You got a cover? You can show uh, people? Hang on. Barbara Gal's going to get one. Yeah, baby. And by the way, we want to thank uh, one of your former guests, Matt Blackburn, has been pushing our book. Uh, oh, He's great. been very kind. He's and, cool. Uh, and we're selling it like hotcakes now. That's <laughs> great. Good so for thank Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Good. Matt's Matt a good Blackburn's guy. Matt Blackburn's an interesting guy anyway. You know, he, he, what I like about him is he tries everything. He, uh, he does uh, every kind of therapy from ozone therapy to infrared therapy, from light therapy, from huh. uh, what do you call it? When the flotation tank therapy. Whatever. He'll try. You, uh, uh, you name it, he does it. He's up there in Idaho, too, with my friend Greg. Oh, he is? Yes. There you go. Book. Move it back a little bit. Well, let me let me put it full screen so people can see it. Hold on. Everybody. Attaboy. Oh, yeah, Great shot. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, no, maybe. Chronobiotic nutrition. Where do folks get that? Uh, your place or Amazon, or do you care? Uh, well, we have it on our website, uh, solartommy.com. Um Okay. And I guess you can get it on Amazon. We don't. We boycott Amazon. Oh, you do? We don't like Amazon. Okay. Well. We okay. Like okay. Well, go to solartimey.com. Got it. Yeah, solartimey.com. We we are selling them like hotcakes right now. Oh, that's great. Well, well, you know, I should call Matt and get him on again. It's been a long time. He's cool. <clears throat> he is. He's a cool guy. <laughs> he has his own show now. He does his own thing. He's uh, he's in Idaho. I think he's visiting Colorado right now, but he's going back to Idaho. But he's doing his own. Got my uh, other friend Greg Whiteley up there too. He's doing his own show. Uh, yeah, he does his own podcast. Cool. Everybody's got a podcast, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think you've had you had him on at least once. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I I know of Matt. I don't you know. I don't recall. Yeah, he's in Idaho, eh? Idaho now, yeah. He was in, uh, he moved around California. He's a Southern California person. And then he moved up to, uh, what's it, Idlewild. Idlewild, up, mm. up in the mountains of California. Then he got a place up in Idaho. So yeah. he's doing really that area well. Is, that area is pretty interesting. If I were going to move and we'll get into a Wim Hof cold climate, I would think about Idaho, uh, South Dakota, Montana. Very cool. Very, you know, good states. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, very uh, independent governors up that way and uh, some cool, you know, great people. Come the revolution, you'd want to be on their team, you know. <laughs> Northern Idaho really has a lot of freedom up there. Uh, my friend Greg was a 40-acre piece of property up there. Uh, it's basically like uh, no rules. Like uh, you can put a teepee on your property. Care, yeah. You can build whatever you want. Just about anything goes up there. It's Hatfields and McCoys type of stuff goes on. It's the hippies mixed with the right wingers, etc. Well, my friend Greg at one point had some land in Arizona. You couldn't even stay on your own land overnight unless you built a building there. You couldn't put a camper trailer <laughs> on it and spend the night. Their their rules in Arizona are so uh, screwy. 
uh, New Mexico is better. There you can uh, pretty much do what you want to. Yeah. Uh, Despite it being a Nazi state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, uh, I mean, they're so strange, like in areas like Washington and Oregon, where they try to, and they do succeed in taxing your rainwater that you collect. I mean, these, these people are crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, a lot of Oregon wants to wants to secede into Idaho. Oh, There's really? a movement to do that too. Uh, the Greater Idaho, whatever they're going to call it, because uh, or Oregon, well, just like California, California politics are split. Uh, you go to Northern California; it's a lot different than it is down here in Southern California in San Francisco. So, uh, and of course, at one time. You realize, uh, how long have you lived in Texas? Uh, oh, 83. 83? Yeah. Yeah, before that, you may not know this, but California, California was so far ahead of Texas. Texas was like living in a medieval country. When I first went there, there were blue laws. And uh, you had to have a lie detector test to have a job, an actual lie detector test. And if I wanted to work at a health food store, I had to have a TB x-ray every year. You're kidding me. And a health worker and a health food store. If I worked like in a, a movable feast or one of those health food stores back there, you had to have that. And it was no secret that the mafia was in control of a large part of Texas, except for maybe Lubbock and some of the other I didn't know that. Cities. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was a guy named Pappy. I forget his name. And it was like the third world in, in Houston. You, uh, if you went against the mafia, you were dead yeah. uh, when I got there. And, of course, I worked in the nightclub business with a bunch of gangsters, too. <laughs> so I was free of a lot of the rules by doing that. I, we didn't care about blue laws. We had all the drugs and everything we wanted. Yeah. Well, Even though there were busts of four or 500 people at a time. Even some of the people I hung out with were probably narcs back in the day when I when I'd used drugs. I got left that, left that world behind a long time. Sopranos, Texas style. <laughs> but Texas was wild, yeah. And you could uh, you could uh, you could murder somebody if it was a fair gunfight, get three years in jail. <laughs> but it was ninety nine years for one joint, one marijuana wow. joint, if you got caught by the state. So they always said either get caught by uh, the, 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 the federal government or get caught by a local. Because the local, you never knew. Sometimes they'd just throw it out. Sometimes they'd prosecute more. But the state, it was flat 99 years for one joint when that's, I first got there. That's amazing, isn't it? That's, that's hilarious. Adam, Adam Bergstrom is with us. Uh, his book, Yes, No, Maybe. He has two websites, Sunsink Nutrition. That's the baby you pay 99 bucks. Uh, for a lifetime, and even if you live to 144, like we're going to, that's that's our goal, and then we'll we'll see what happens after that, right? Right, Adam, and then um, <laughs> so we're, we're 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 going through we're both going through a midlife crisis, so bear with us, and um, <laughs> and then his other uh, website is uh, solartiming.com. I went on Sunsink Nutrition. He's got a little cool little uh, thing there where you put in your what is it, Adam? Your longitude. And uh, your longitude and it tells you exact solar time if you really want to get geeky about it. And I'm about 20 minutes early here. So, for example, if liver, uh, well, Adam, you explained, like, what would it be if I'm 20 minutes early if I want it to be right on time, right? You would just start 20 minutes before the time, correct? Right, right. 
is very some some places you're almost even even and of course it varies during the year it goes swings back and forth a little bit yeah. for most purposes when the sun rises eat breakfast when it's up in the <laughs> top of the sky eat lunch and then as at, right after it sets or setting time uh eat, eat uh, dinner eat dinner yeah. now if you're in other places where you have a 20-hour night or something like that people get mixed up about that solar nutrition yes it's about light but more important, it's about a, a cycle of life. We have a day and night cycle of 24 hours, basically. And that's what we're time to for, for millions and millions, millions and millions of, of days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Day, or maybe years, who knows? Uh, you know, I, I found something that I, fascinating. You know, I, I'm probably 80% on time, 85, 90% on time, pretty much since I start hanging with you. And every now and again, I'll have... Uh, you know, I don't have any fish and I feel like some protein and I'll have a piece of meat, you know, at night, seven o'clock. Well, I tell you what, I can tell the difference. Eating meat at seven o'clock or at high noon, no doubt about it. My body sure likes it better at high noon. <laughs> Same here. And it's good to challenge the body once in yeah. a while like that for immunity because otherwise... If you were in a situation where someone, the only food available was meat at night, you would die. What would you do, right? Yeah, you want yeah. that immunity function functioning. That's why, actually, in solar nutrition, there's an entire week where you basically scramble things up. Uh, that's a lot of time. That means 28 days of eating on time and a whole seven days. You'll find that seven days in the Chinese Book of Changes. The Yi Jing, by the way, they talk about three days before the full moon, three days after the full moon. It's an age-old concept. Hmm? Yeah, you talk about that a bit, um, because at the end of the month, or, you, no, I'm sorry, before and after the full moon, uh, in solar timing, you, you kind of play, play with things, correct? Yep, because the pressure will move food through your body during full moon time. Now, scientists say, there is more gravity between me and this coffee table than there is with the moon. Yeah, well. But then... I'd, I'd like to ask them a question. Can your coffee table make the Bay of Fundy tides vary 55 feet? No. Nope. It's 55 feet tall, comes in and goes out every day. Now, your coffee table isn't going to do that. So the moon obviously has a, have an effect. Huge. And when I was having my se second son, we were at the hospital, I talked to the security guard and he said the full moon thing is real. During regular weeks, we get one or two pregnancies. Full moon, sometimes we have 20 pregnancies during the full moon. My mom, my mom so used to say that as well. I don't need astrology yeah. or any uh, validation. I see it with my own eyes every month. My mom, my, my mom told me the same thing she used to say when she went in and, you know, seven children. And so it happened often that the nurses would always be commenting when she was in well, there's a full moon coming up. We're going to be busy. I mean, they, this was, you know, 50, 60 years ago. They knew it. You know, they, they, they knew it. <laughs> Just ask the nurses the at the hospital. Has, uh, yeah. You know, has its roots in lunar or the moon. And, uh, and sleeping under a full moon, I've experimented with that. It's pretty weird to get, get a buzz on. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, sometimes when it's a full moon, one of the... Ooh, 
there's no way I'm sleeping, baby. I just, it's not <laughs> happening. It's just not happening. Might as well get up and howl with the rest of them because it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. Well, and, and I don't know, but on this whole cosmology thing that I'm studying, and if you understand that the full moon, what I do, you know, this is just what they say, Adam, that it's just a plasma, very, very powerful. It's an energetic being putting out its own light this idea that it's getting light from the sun, it doesn't wash. If you really think about it logically, no. I mean, if you looked on, well, they didn't walk on the moon, but if you look on the moon landing pictures, there was no light, you know. I mean, the whole thing, well. But anyway, the moon, I think, is much more powerful than we suspect. Much more powerful. Sun, too, yeah. If it's as I believe it is. Anna Bergstrom, yes, no, maybe, chronobiotic nutrition, um, so I was thinking about the timing of taking things, and you know I'm doing a little piggy thyroid, right? Per uh, per repeat, am I? You know, I, I think it's you know I think it's good, just a little bit. So I'm thinking this morning. I go, wow, I should probably take it at, at the shunt of thyroid time, right? Might as well because you're supposed to take it in the morning. So thyroid time is what? Uh, um, um, nine to eleven, right? Nine to eleven in the evening. In the evening. And of course, you access it through all growth periods. Your growth period sure. for the thyroid might would be basically an evening period. That's why kelp would be a good thyroid food at that point if you don't overdo it, because iodine gets a lot of people in trouble. Yeah, that's what Ray Pete said too. So, should would you recommend I take my piggy at the shunt at nine in the morning or nine at night? Before I go to bed. Wait, you take which one? The piggy thyroid. The piggy thyroid I got. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. What would you do? Um, you know, that's a good question because it's in the animal by itself. And uh, there's a case to be made for both spleen time and for thyroid time. I'd experiment with that because 9 to 11 in the morning or 9 to 11 at night, we both have validity because the growth period of the pig is the same. It's the upper part of the body is the morning, but it is uh, an evening part of the body too for thyroid. Triple heater time is what they call it in acupuncture. Right. So there's no nothing written in stone about that. So it would be good to experiment and see what happens, and maybe do it in both times. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, I could do half and half, right? Half and nine and. Yeah. morning and then half a, but sometimes I go to bed at 8 so I, I'd miss it <laughs> yeah there's certain parts of the science of uh, chronobiology and, and, and basically it's been researched to a fairly well mm-hmm. but the idea of the organs within an animal despite separate from what the animal eats can affect it and no one is doing research on this because there's no money in it. You know, yeah, who they want do the it? money yeah. in the vaccines or the statins or whatever else they can make a big profit on. But there's no profit in figuring that out. Yeah. In fact, it's yeah. no secret that chronobiology was hijacked by Cold Springs Harbor in the nineteen in nineteen sixty one, I believe it was, where they got one guy and replaced the grandfather of uh, chronobiology, which was a doctor Frank Brown. Frank Brown was doing remarkable uh, remarkable research that they can't explain to this day. He went underground, say 200 feet underground, took a potato, a potato plug, even a plug mm-hmm. out of a potato, 
put it in a glass cage that was pressurized, separate from earthly barometric pressure. Right. And the potatoes could tell the weather a day and a half in advance. Now, wait a minute. Well, well, hold on. <laughs> How did the potatoes tell the weather? That's what they don't know. It cosmic rays and maybe got through it. They don't know what was affecting it. So it's not only the sun that is affecting us. The 24-hour day is affected by numerous things. Mm. They wanted, see, in 61, they wanted to promote genetics, which is part of the eugenics program. Yes. And so to promote that, they pushed Frank Brown aside. You wouldn't even find a Wikipedia page for the actual founder of of chronobiology. They put a guy named, I can't even pronounce his name, he's got a lot of D-H, D-R-I-G-H's. Uh, he became the new head and they erased the history. The eugenics movement, by the way, started in 1846 when the AMA decided to take over the world with the medical police state. You can't make this stuff up. Uh -huh. Even I was amazed that Ray Pete, uh, in a recent interview, talked about how it started with the founding of the AMA on May 7th, 1847. Wow. But they had plotted it the year before and had already planned to take over the entire world with the medical police state. Really? The vaccines are not the problem. Yeah. It's the medical police state. Yeah. So so I, I was always been under the impression that it all started like in the early 1900s with the Rockefeller and uh, the hospitals and the AMA, but it was way back at Civil War, day, Civil War time way back a Whoa. long time we were already starting to be in trouble with benjamin rush we have four doctors on the uh, signed the declaration of independence now benjamin rush lost most of his patients he was a heroic individual but he had the wrong type of medicine meanwhile stephen gerard when the when the yellow fever hit philadelphia which was then the capital of the u.s everybody ran gerard didn't he was the richest man in the world at that time and he didn't run. And he opened his own hospital separate from Benjamin Rush. Benjamin Rush was no coward. He stayed behind too. He didn't die, but he lost half his patients. The only patient Stephen Gerard uh, lost was one man who he said, if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to keep drinking. He died. That was the only patient he lost from wow. yellow fever, which is supposed to be such a deadly disease. Stephen Gerard isn't even known in our history book that the original bank of the United States was there weren't two original central banks. There were one. Stephen Gerard, Gerard ran the thing throughout the history of it. And who even knows? Were you taught about Stephen Gerard in history in high school? No. Not me. Never heard of him till recently. A and years who, ago. who is Benjamin Rush? What was his thing? Well, Stephen, Benjamin Rush was a doctor right. who supposedly was the first Surgeon General and things like that. Ah, I see. But, uh, but Stephen Gerard was just a billionaire, of the t comparatively. He was a multimillionaire back then. He was the richest man in the country, Thai, with uh, what's the guy who did all the furs and the pelts? Uh, I can't even think of his name now. But uh, those two were Thai for the richest people. And basically... We would not. We would be under British rule if it wasn't for him financing the War of eighteen twelve. No one else would, but Stephen Gerard did, and yet he's lost in history. I've actually written three blogs about it on one radio network, maybe yeah. even four. And Andrew Goss told us that uh, eighteen twelve, it was about the money. It was about the 
right? The uh, the central banks. Um, what do you, what do you call that thing? There, <clears throat> twenty years, it expires. What is that word? Whatever they have the franchise or whatever it is was expiring. What in in eighteen thirteen or something? Yeah. So that's what they were fighting about. The British didn't want to lose out on it. Yeah, Stephen Gerard's bank. He had it. He had it from the beginning. Yeah. He financed the first bank, and the in between, he kept them running because it never, it never was discontinued. Oh, so he financed it under private ownership. He financed. You can find the address in Philadelphia. His, yeah. The original site is still there. He financed. He financed the uh, the first bank in the United States, seventeen ninety three, which twenty year charter right ran out in eighteen thirteen. And that's when the British wanted to take it back from Gerard and those boys, and that's what the war was about. See, it makes sense. Yeah, Gerard had it the whole time, and the British would have taken over. The two things that actually, uh, uh, actually the greatest threat to us back then was the Kamsa, India, who joined the British, and, and darn near won, <laughs> except he got betrayed by the British. If the British, if the British had treated Tecumseh right, uh, the country would have different boundaries than it does today, definitely. And the British might still own the yeah. United States. Well, some say they still do. As one of my story. as one of my heroes from the great state of Louisiana, Huey P. Long said, "The only thing new in this world is the history we don't know." <laughs> That's true, and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it, man. There, there's a lot of it. Um, you know, let's do this. Our first break. And uh, check this out, Adam. This is Daniel Vitalis actually, in his own way, talks about pine pollen and chronobiotic nutrition. Listen. Before I start my work day, I like to get my workout in. It makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day. Now, one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. These are sustainably and humanely harvested from U.S. free-range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only oh, mammals the who have an so. organ that actually <laughs> falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now, there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. Currently, it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. And it's on sale right now, and I'll tell you about that. And also, if you team up with the pine pollen, it will uh, get your testosterone levels where they need to be as a boy. And I'll prove it to you after we talk about the uh, chronobiotic uh, kind of timing of taking pine pollen. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. 
This is Survival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but pine pollen pure potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potency. I've been taking these two pumpkins for years every day and uh, we'll talk with Adam when we get back with him about the idea of taking pine pollen in the morning and all of that stuff. But I just want to show you that a couple, maybe a week ago, I had my uh, testosterone levels tested just for fun, and they want you to take them. Guess when they want you to take the test? Seven to nine. Interesting. Kind of like the, the shunt of circulation sex time. And check out Patrick's testosterone levels. It came back, and the first thing it says is, a warning, your test is abnormal. And I go, oh, I don't know about that. So here's the test, and it's abnormally high. <laughs> it's <laughs> My testosterone level is 876, and they claim that for a man, I can't read it, it's so small, I think the average thing for the man is 250 to 600 is the range, or 700. And mine is 876 and I've got 75 Christmases under my belt. So uh, guys, if you wanna get your T levels up, this, there's a lot of ways to do it. Have a steak at noon, that'll do it. But also, um, <laughs> uh, pine pollen and elk velvet antlet work. Uh, proven right here, if you believe these. It was a blood test that I did, took it at home, and I believe we got some stuff on sale right now. Let me check, yeah, it is. We've got a 15% uh, yeah, site-wide sale right now. So check it out. Start your happy new you out right. Get your testosterone level up to 800 or whatever, however high you want to get it. I've been taking pine pollen and elk velvet, like I say, uh, pine pollen almost every day for, gosh, five, six, seven years. And elk velvet I don't do as regular, maybe two, three times a week. But uh, the test proves that it works. I've got a T level of 875, if that means anything, because I'm still going to have babies. And, you know, I'm only 
midlife, so I'm going to have some babies. Save 15% statewide, site-wide. I use promo code EMPOWER. Promo code EMPOWER. Everything for thrival. Uh, colostrum, pine pollen, elk velvet antler, everything uh, site-wide. Uh, promo code EMPOWER on OneRadioNetwork.com. Know the Source on One Radio Network. Adam Bergstrom is here. Yes, no, maybe. Chronobotic Nutrition. Two websites, Sunsink Nutrition. Uh, that's his pay baby and the uh, SolarTimey.com. He's here on the first uh, Monday month. But uh, you're so much fun to talk to. I think you, we should really start having you back more often because we'll figure something out. Because um, you're fun to talk to. Because uh, you know all this stuff. So isn't it interesting that when I took, it was an at-home blood test. When I took it, they tell you to take the, the testosterone level between seven and nine. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That must be when it's, they must know that's when it's average or at its highest? Or I don't we, know. we make our sex hormones during stomach time from seven to nine, and we use them from seven to nine in the evening. Ah. Circulation sex time is designed when you do that. And the compromise is if you want a child and yeah. the healthiest child, you have them at bladder time, which is the green time of the day which matches the color green. Green is the color of pregnancy, of growth, of shoots. And uh, gray, if you want birth control, gray is the color of birth control. Okay. What time is bladder time? Uh, Urinary bladder time is from 3 to 5 in the afternoon. Oh, I thought that was kidney time. Oh, kidney 5 to 7. That's 5 to 7 in the afternoon, right after. They're both related. You have the, the... you have the five-element law in action. The water time of the day is that time of day when you have the water organs, which are obviously going to be the bladder and the kidney. You have first the air, or the uh, what you call the uh, the uh, sonic organs, which are going to be the lung and the large intestine. Then you go into the air organs, which are the stomach and the spleen, and then you go into the fire organs, obviously midday and then you go into the water organs and finally the earth organs so the earth foods are the ones that have most of the earth minerals the minerals sink to the bottom uh into the ground they're not found in the shoots and the other places that's why if you want minerals you always get the roots so let's go back you say if folks want to get pregnant a good time is three to five in the afternoon but circulation sex time is six to nine. What's up with that? The best time to have the baby is when they when you get between the men and the women. Because the men and the women do have a split timing in many ways. That's why a woman would take ginseng at, in the morning, while a man would take it at night hmm. if they want a baby. So there are some foods, just like a sex cell, is two different cells. They're polarity. Most other cells don't have that type of polarity. Uh, I, unless you generate it through a a incipient organ called cancer. Cancer is our friend, but because we treat it as an enemy, it becomes our enemy. Yeah. Ultimately, it's an organ that is developing into uh, giving us superpowers. Unfortunately, there's a lot of death and destruction along the way, 
because people don't understand how to treat it. William Coke did, and Ray Peake can explain more because Coke is his man, particularly, I believe. I'm not sure if he knows about the incipient organ things, but I've read Coke's works, and he definitely believed that cancer was not a disease. It was a organ starting to operate, like our mitochondria. We borrowed our mitochondria from the environment. Okay, so let's dig into that. What do you mean an organ trying to operate? We've heard uh, uh, Dr. Gonzalez, remember, a great Dr. Gonzalez up in New York who who left us, um, that it was tied in with the, uh, just like having a baby or something? The Very much so. In fact, cancer is an evil twin, technically. It's basically a baby that wants to come in, not through the birth canal, but through other means. It wants to be a baby that doesn't have two people involved. And then you get cancer from either side. That's been written extensively, and a lot of people don't realize who came up with the theory. William, I mean, uh, uh, John Beard, the gynecologist which was, and uh, a natural. Which was Gonzalez's mentor. He, he wrote a book on Beard. Ah. Yeah, and Gonzalez mistranslated it drastically. Did he? <laughs> I wrote a book about the actual formula and actually what Beard did and how effective it was. Because of those therapies, it wasn't as effective as they'd have you believe. But it was a start. Yeah. It could extend lives, and Beard definitely proved that he could keep people alive an extra two or three years. Now, they didn't follow his instruction. They gave the pancreas, the pancreatic enzymes. They didn't give the sugar, sugar, the sugar enzymes. Uh-huh. That was the main key. And Beard was very upset that everybody mistranslated them and forgot all about that enzyme. So, so, so Beard was actually... Guess, Beard was actually on the sugar thing, like you and Ray Pete are. And what was the sugar sure doing was. to actually get rid of uh, a cancer cells or what? Ex- more, explain it more. Yes, yes, it could. It wow. could actually retard it and sometimes get rid of it. Wow. And Beard knew this. Yep. But the interesting thing is, uh, Coley was even into more of it. A counter shock will start cancer. So you can give a person tuberculosis and get rid of cancer. Hmm. You can stick them with a bunch of bees and get rid of cancer. Just like a shock can cause cancer, it can unshock. A second shock can get rid of it. What chemotherapy is, it's not a killer of cancer cells. It's a shock. You could just as well go and get in a serious auto accident and get cured of cancer with the same odds you would have with chemotherapy. So, So when people have a traumatic thing like the German... Uh, medicine talk about, which is true, and then, you know, the whole Dr. Hammer thing. So they have this shock or this trauma. He, his son was killed in an uh, auto accident, and he got testicular cancer, and they tied it into, you know, a son and sperm and making another baby. So um, what's the cancer they're doing, trying to do? Do, you, do we understand that? Why would it... If we get it from a trauma, what's the cancer cells trying to do, Adam? I'm trying to uh, show that he was, uh, he had a fathering trauma. The father. Oh, I see. He had a trauma with his son. So the cancer is like a spiritual thing to teach the father that he had this attachment to his son? Yes. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and that's pretty much standard therapy. They, uh, They know the prostate just like the uterus is a mother trauma, the prostate is a father trauma. 
Yeah. That's been known for centuries, actually, that they, you know, uh, medicine didn't invent all this stuff. Most of what we know is hidden. Like people don't know we have four nervous systems, not just a sympathetic and a parasympathetic. We have an enteric and we have an adrenal uh, cutaneous nervous system. They don't tell you that. GE worked that out in immaculate details in the 20s, maybe even the teens. But it's been totally forgotten. And and Ronald Reagan resurfaced briefly in 51, just part of it, but they dumped it again. So on the back on the uh, on the uh, the cancer, I got you, you kind of got got off track there, man. I was going somewhere, and now I'm off track. But that's all right. <laughs> so on the cancer thing, it is just a, more of a uh, like an engram atom trying to spiritually teach us that we did kind of get traumatized or attached or whatever. That's what it's about. Yeah, cancer is an organ that is very similar to mitochondria. It's necessary for for our superpowers are generated by cancer, by location, all the things that we dream about, that we read about and yogis are doing, it's actually done by cancer. Cancer, when you think of it, is unlimited growth or can be. Now, unfortunately, not everybody has this function because it has to be developed in them. So Henrietta Lacks, who they took the cancer cell, she had an immortal cell line. That's why they still use it to this day. 99% of all cancer research is done on her cells, not yours, not mine, not anybody else's. Someone totally different than the average person. What do you mean an immortal cell line? So, So these cells that have been called cancer, when you use the word, as you know, with NLP, it has all the stigma around it. It's kind of weird, right, talking about it because cancer. But it's actually cells that are trying to help something. Like, like for example, uh, I think in German New Medicine, there, there's been moms or grandmas that have had trauma with their sons or grandsons about them getting hurt or sick, and then they'll get breast cancer, right? Because it's a nurturing kind of a thing. So these breasts, these cells in the breast would be there. Why again? Help me understand why they show up. I know I, I, I get the connection, but why are they there? Well, why is a is a metaphysical question. Uh, so I would be I would be on uh, what do you call it insecure territory to okay. answer that. But basically, the nurturing trauma is there, and when when we're not properly nurtured, uh, breast cancer is one of the results including men men get breast cancer also sure sure uh, it's much more common in women because it's a bigger thing about nurturing but then when you go in and and try to cut it out it's a problem right yeah there was one woman and she had something to say that when they when the doctors go and cut out the lymph glands and the armpits Right. They actually take the part that's working on the immunity and cut the immunity away. Oh, this one woman, they cut out the part that's trying to help. In Texas, yeah. she fought she fought cancer by leaving them there, letting them do the job, and curing her breast cancer naturally. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I don't know anything about this, and I'm no not a doctor. Or I can't give medical advice. But if somebody I knew called me and said, you know, I have breast cancer or lumps or whatever. That's what I would tell them. Let it go, you know, eat good food and <laughs> drink good water, exercise, and it'll figure itself out, I think. 
Won't it? It, it should. Cancer is a, an important tool, but it's like a hand grenade. Yeah. You don't give a child a hand grenade. Oh, what's this little cute pen? But an adult knows how to use a hand grenade. If he wants to knock down a building, he can use a hand grenade. That's the way cancer is. At this point, medical science is like a little kit with a hand grenade. So they're killing more people with cancer than they're saving. They could use it as a medical tool, but they don't understand the work that Coley did 100 years ago. And boy, look at this, Coley, Adam. We're talking matter. about, excuse me, I had to close the curtains here, a lot of sun. And, and look, at it's just like a huge brand, cancer, right? Cancer institutes, cancer research. Yeah, these pink ribbons, these huge buildings, you know, chemotherapy, it's probably a trillion dollar business. <laughs> the idea that it's in the genes is ridiculous too. <laughs> the genes, yeah. we get cancer on a genetic level every day. Maybe some people say a hundred times a day. Who knows? These misprintings happen all the time. I got something caught down here. Sorry, my wheel. Um, so you just got invisible. <laughs> I got invisible. So when <laughs> when people go in and get a diagnosis at stage four, stage three, and all that. What are they seeing? Are they seeing just some blood markers that say that you've got these cells going on and we need to cut them out kind of thing? And that's what they think? That's what they're taught? Well, the big word is it's a diagnosis, not a living nosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where the word see. comes from. Diagnosis. Wow. Diagnosis. Whoa. You're going to die. You're going <laughs> to die, dude. Wow, that's that's. I go to someone to say, "Hey, you're going to live." That yeah. sounds a little better, doesn't it? That's but, fascinating. But they see growths, they see things. You yeah. know, before they kill people with chemotherapy, some people would grow tumors that they had to carry around in a wheelbarrow. Whoa. They'd have a belly tumor. He, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jim Harder, was an artist, and he collected these old uh, wood cut. What do you call them? Wood cuttings, and made a whole book of medical uh, of old medicine. And his section on tumors was just remarkable. People had thyroid cancers that were as big as a basketball in front of their throats. I've seen some of those and photos. Now, yeah. You never see that because they kill them before they ever get to that state. And many of those big cancers suddenly decided to shrink away and go home. So what's a tumor doing? Is the, the body or the cancer itself trying to encapsulate it? Or why does the tumor form? Do we know? Again, a, two, yeah. two ways to handle that. And blue-eyed people tend to overrush it and, and get it out as fast as possible. As a general rule for blue-eyed people, they tend to rush it out. And that way they get arthritis, arthritis and the inflammatory disease. Mm -hmm. Brown-eyed people tend to tumorize it, to hold it in a, a tumor until they can get the resources to get rid of it later. Both strategies ah. can serve us. So the cancer... See, our, body, our body is a doctor. It knows what to do, but people want to interfere with what the doctor is doing. They don't trust their own body. Yes, sir. I have to go to an expert because my body doesn't know what it's doing. Sure. Well, you understand what happens, and I have known very close people to me that, um, you know, they get the lumps and they get diagnosis and... Uh, you know, they, they just get scared and they believe the doctors and they end up getting chemo and then they end up getting their breast off. And uh, wasn't there some actress that actually cut her breast off a head because she had some kind of 
gene that said she was going to get breast cancer? Some jo- Angelina Jolie, God love her. I can't believe she did that. Yeah. Wow. I tell you. Wow. And, and they've been known if the information shows that that gene doesn't prove you have yeah, cancer. Yeah, yeah. But let's take an example. Obviously, genetics plays some kind of a role, making human beings from a, from a monkey or a lizard or things like that. But let's take a tree that grows locally here called the Torrey pine. It's the rarest pine in the world, perhaps. It grows only in Del Mar, California, and it grows out here at Santa Rosa Island, originally. Now it's been uh, replanted in various places. Well, because it had to, uh, it it was created to fight the sea, uh, they only grow 20 to 40 feet and they're very stunted. Well, someone planted one in a favorable environment here in Carpinteria, it's 25 feet in circumference around the tree. It's 100 feet tall. It has a spread of 150 feet. So given the right situation, you have a whole different thing. Yeah. So the DNA is obviously separate from that giant tree that is a, uh, right. a, a, a tourist center here in Carpinteria. <laughs> yeah, the whole genetic thing, it's just not anything close to what they say it is, is it? Just isn't. It just, it's just one of many factors. Just, just one of many factors, and they make. But you make money patenting DNA. That's why they're interested. Yeah. It's Wall Street. It's not health. You know, I was doing a spiritual exercise. Oh, a week ago, maybe three in the morning, and really just seeing some stuff. And so, my, what the conclusion was is that, how can I say it? I am my DNA. My DNA is me, right? This is what the DNA is. When I change, the DNA changes, you know? Uh, it just does. I mean, I know it does. I can't prove it, but you know what I'm saying? That's what the DNA is. It's just an expression of me if you dig around or with some tool or some, I don't know. Well, the doctors, as usual, have it backwards. <laughs> they tell you that you are here to serve your DNA. No, no, your DNA is here to serve you. <laughs> and we're ser- we serve each other and we're not separate. It, it just, there's no separation between me and my day- DNA. I know it. So, folks, if you want to change your DNA, just change yourself. Simple. You don't have to go to a, uh, you don't have to take a course. You don't have to read a book. Just change. Change the way you view the world. Change your outlook. Change your thought patterns and your DNA changes right along with you. I think I think that's where the whole epigenetics thing started, but I think it's with the DNA, and I don't even think we care if we change our genes, do we? I mean, what do we care? Yeah, it's even beyond epigenetics. It's transgenetics. It's even beyond genetics. Yeah. Epigenetics still infers RNA. You don't need RNA either. How does argon gas and nitrogen gas, which doesn't even get into our DNA, how do you explain the gas that affects our life? You can be... Your DNA isn't killing you when you breathe carbon monoxide. How is that a DNA right. problem? They just missed the boat completely. So what's the, what's the you know, I don't want to dig too far because it's spooky, but so in your opinion then, what's the, so this mRNA injection, it's not a vaccine, are there some really loony people that want to affect, try to affect humans so digitally or somewhere down the road with 5G. Do you think that's what this is about? 
more like they just want to impose their will on okay. us as a medical police state. They're missing the point. Now, some of that, that that's what they think, because uh, the mRNA uh, and uh, this graphene and all that right. tends to store in the liver and the bone because it goes in deep. When you're at a DNA level, you're going down level on level. The human being is like a Russian nesting doll. You start with the entire structure in a room called the atmosphere, and then the organs live in the body, and then the interstitial fluid lives in the organs, and then the cells live in the interstitial fluid, and then the, the nuclei live inside the cell, down and down and down and down, to level upon level on level till you get to the electron and finally the proton. The proton lives in a room called electron. The electron lives in a room called molecule. On and on and on, up, up and down either way. They totally neglect that. They pick one floor on a many floored building and say, this is where it's at. Yeah. This is where the terrorists sat. Well, the terrorists can be anywhere in the building. They don't acknowledge that at all. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Did you think these these folks way back in 1850 when they jazzed it all up knew about this stuff or they were just throwing mud against the wall any way of knowing? Their minions do not know. Hmm. They're dumb. <laughs> yeah. But the people who devised them certainly know and it's been known for a long time about the truth about vaccines since the time of Thomas Jefferson. Sure. They have known what natural immunity, herd immunity, all those differentiations have made. And now it's all done by politicians. The, the closest I've seen to reality is an interview recently by Malone. At least he was in at the beginning of it. Yeah. His science may have some flaws in it, but he's an honest man and he knows where this is going. It has nothing to do with reality. It's imprisoning the people under a medical, uh, a medical police state. We already have it. Say you have a friend that has no legs. Can he go? down to a bureaucrat and say, I have no legs. Can I have one of those parking permits? Oh, you need a note from a doctor because I can't tell that you have no legs, but a doctor can. <laughs> oh, my uh, uncle died. Well, you have to have a note from your doctor. It's called a death certificate. Oh, I'm having a baby. Oh, you have to have a note from a doctor. It's a birth certificate. You have to have everything from a doctor now. In, in New Zealand, when you get to be 65 or 75, you have to have a x-ray from a medical doctor and an examination before you get a driver's license. More and more they're closing in where you need a doctor. Yeah. When I worked for people, when I was stupid enough for work to work for other people, <laughs> uh, if I was off for three days, you need a note for your doctor. <laughs> the only way you can get off for the fourth day. You know, what a bunch of nonsense. And I realized it back when I was in high school in the 50s. You knew it, yeah. That we were being encroached on by a system that was going to take over the world. And look what's happened. Look what's happening. So who runs the world? Who? Fauci runs the world. Who? What? Who's on first? Who? Who? Yeah, baby. And as you know, um, it's all going to be tied in with the Fed coin coming, vaccine passports oh, yeah. on the iPhone. Uh, or, you know, the mobile phone with a little QR thing. And if you want to get the Fed coin, guess what? You're going to be selling your soul to old Diablo, as they say in Spanish. <laughs> Not me, you're baby. You're going to ration sugar and everything and say you're healthy. You need this, you need that, you yeah. need that. You can't use this carbon footprint. On and on it goes. 
you know, they're making plans here in Santa Barbara, of course, for the, how where the water is going to be in 10 years. It's going to be up in the shopping center. I've looked at this beach for over 50 years. It hasn't risen an inch. No. Suddenly, it's going to rise precipitously when it hasn't before. Al Gore has been off over and over and over again. New York is supposed to be underwater now. They forgot that conveniently. We show, we had a picture, we did a slide on Faceplant. There was a, a really cool shot of the water right at the base of the Statue of Liberty. I, was, I think it was 1850, and then in one of 2000, the exact same level. It hasn't, not an inch, baby, has it moved. So, yeah. that whole melting, uh, melting thing, it's all made up, man. And from my experience, you know, they've been saying, oh, there was this big heat wave previously in Texas, and that showed global warming. Well, guess what? Come on. On February 1st, I hitchhiked. I was in Dallas hitchhiking from Dalton, Alabama to Van Nuys, California. It was 91 degrees on February 1st. And to beat that record, <laughs> that was back in 1963. Now, here's another thing. This year, I'm in California. It's been the coldest year I've ever been here. I mean, I, this is the first time I haven't been able to wear a hoodie over my wow, head to yeah. keep from freezing in here. And did you see what happened in the Pacific Northwest? Tahoe has like 20 inches of snow Yeah, at one storm. The total is 200 and something feet. I yeah. mean, if we, we have uh, piles and piles of snow. Look at Oregon, look at Washington, look at Canada. It's a total breeze breaking all records, uh, some for meteorological history. That doesn't sound like global warming to me, but they're trying to say that extreme in climate, that's global warming. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's a global, global catastrophe, a global hot run. I read where you all, even in California, have got a lot of snowfall, and that's going to be great because that's going to really increase some water flow in the streams and the rivers and everything because you guys can need, use the water, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know how to handle it, though. They'll waste it. No. They, we have plenty of water here if they manage it correctly, but they don't want to do that. No. That's not part of the game. Of course not. Here's an email. Hey, Patrick, I know you doubted that the vaccine-delivered nanoparticles can reassemble its inside the human body then act as an antenna to be used as receptors which can then be issue directives to the human. This can affect emotions to health. I always consider what you, I always consider what you, what you state. You keep finding articles and videos like these. It sounds so science fiction. I can barely believe. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen the article, but yeah. I mean, people say that to this email. I don't know if they're criticizing me or congratulating me, but. You know, I, people can try to control my opinion. You in all different ways, five G or you know, beam your heads in. But you still, as a spiritual being, you have a choice. You always have a choice. They can't force you to say, Adam, you're a girl and be a girl. You know, if Adam wants to be a girl, he's got to do it. He's got to make the choice. He, they may try to beam girl stuff into his brain. I don't know, but. You know what I'm saying? We we still make a choice. That's my opinion. What do you think? Yep. I believe so. In fact, the same with nano. Uh, nano, they would likely to believe that it controls everything, but nano's in our environment 
since time immemorial. Yeah. Milk is a nanoparticle, <laughs> and so is a lot of uh, particles in meat and things like yes, that. Yes, sir. Now, they're making ones that are dangerous, no doubt. It is a, it's a toxin like anything else, like mercury, iodine, or uh, cadmium, or whatever. It's just another poison. They would, would have you believe that they can control your mind. Well, can they get your soul? No. And, 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 and to your point, too, well said, that all of these articles, you have to just imagine where they might be coming from, where they might be coming from. And they're probably coming from the same people that want to convince you that germs will kill you. You know, I don't say, and, you know, and people spread them around and, well, they're not going to kill you, you know. I mean, this is how they do it. This is programming. This is programming. Program yourself. <laughs> We're surrounded by uh, nanoparticles. You know, no one got upset with G. Pat Fonningham when he came out with, with uh, whatever that product was. It was a nanoparticle. Everybody went and took it. Patrick so Fonningham. Yeah. They're going to avoid it. I mean, nanoparticles, they are making dangerous particles, but no more than they're making other dangerous chemicals in our environment, glyphosate, you name it. Yes, sir. It's all out there. And, and as you said, and I think you alluded to something goes in the liver, if the liver is going to try to deal with it, it's going to come out, right? You can detox it out. I mean, that's what the liver is there for. The liver is the most remarkable organ possibly of all because yeah. it can. you can actually... Scientists know you can lose 80% of it and regenerate the entire thing. Well, I know a case of someone that lost 98% of it and regenerated the entire thing. Whoa. So it's even much more fantastic than a science fiction writer could make up. So evolution, as you think God or whoever, or how other, however this thing worked, right, um, knew what they were doing. If You know, you need the liver. S similar to that, too, uh, I've talked to some ophthalmologists, some real cool eye people it's one of the most amazing article uh, um, um, what do you call it uh, organs to heal it just will I mean you think we need to see to survive They're pretty cool I mean you, you know you don't make this stuff up the, the eye will heal crazy crazy it, it's remarkable people do everything to uh, destroy their liver you know from yeah. Tylenol to everything else but uh, the liver is excellent at detoxing. People don't realize how deadly Tylenol is. And if it wasn't for our liver, everybody would be dead. But because of it, most people survive Tylenol. 99.9% of people will survive Tylenol because of our liver. Our liver is your best friend. Live, L-I-V-E, is in the water. Her, live, so, so, so Tylenol is that nasty? I, didn't re I, I heard about it, but I didn't realize it was that nasty. Yeah, it's an amazing, oh yeah, Tylenol, even Time Magazine, Time Magazine back in the article said that 50% uh, of all liver fatalities and deaths are caused by Tylenol, and yet over the counter, oh this is easy, just get it over the counter. I, I encountered a few years ago, I went back to El Paso, and someone started having uh, uh, seizures, mm -hmm. permanent seizures that can lead to death. They got it from going in for a flu, and they gave them three Tylenols, and they started seizures, and they couldn't figure out what it was. I saw the woman, and within five minutes said, you have Tylenol poison. It took them two weeks, $100,000 or more of hospital costs, cardio cardiologists, uh, wow. psychiatrists, everybody, and what was the result? 
Renard's syndrome from Tylenol. Wow. <laughs> they did it. I don't know if they ever, they probably didn't pay anything. Oh, where you don't get penalized for giving medicines, you get penalized by not giving medicines. And that's a trick of big farmer. farmer time you know, in other yeah. words, yeah. Time Magazine you, is a you, big. There, there are diseases to get into hospitals that cost you, uh, like, if you have one in a hundred thousand chance of getting a disease, that's what they can sue you for. But you have one in a hundred chance of getting the disease if you take it. But they can't sue you for that. You know, we nope. did our due diligence. Can't do it, man. Wow. I had no idea it was that. Yeah, I didn't ever took that stuff. Now, Ray Pete is kind of a uh, kind of fan of just regular old aspirin. Are you? Do you ever take it? I'm not a fan of aspirin either. I hate okay. to get off the Ray Pete boat at that point because uh, when I was a kid, it was well known that it uh, damages the stomach, causes all kinds of syndromes, on and on. That seems to be hidden. Uh, you know, all respect to Ray Pete, but I'm just not going along with the aspirin. Not going the there. The last right. one I took was in 1958. Really? I'm still alive. I don't have an aspirin deficiency. Well, you know, the doc says, you know, they, they want to uh, advise people, you know, um, what is it, take a baby aspirin every day or something for what? What are, what are they... What are they? It's in the blood, but oh. ginger will do it better than aspirin. In fact, you have to be very careful with uh, ginger. I had a friend that would have nosebleeds every time I put ginger in her soup. <laughs> and finally I realized, holy cow, he's so sensitive to the ginger because he had a kind of uh, a, a disease associated with that anyway. I couldn't put ginger in the soup because he'd have a nosebleed and have to run to the bathroom every time I served the soup at night. Yeah, ginger is a very, very powerful, very. more than aspirin. And it must be used as a medicine because of that fact. Harvard doctors discovered it in the 80s, by the way. Harvard, doc Harvard doctors discovered it in the 80s? When? Well, there was a Harvard doctor who went out for Chinese food. Mm -hmm. Then he got a blood test the next day and thought he had a blood disease. <laughs> he realized it was two foods that did it, ginger and shiitake mushrooms. So it led to an odyssey where he decided to investigate every natural food and see if it did the same thing. Those were the only two that did it. Garlic and onion, a tiny bit, nowhere near a drug or warfarin or any of those drugs. But, but ginger. Uh, but ginger off the charts and shiitake mushroom too for some reason. So be careful when you go to a Chinese restaurant, don't get a blood test after. So so what's the other one that, that thins the blood? Ginger and... A shiitake mushroom. Shiitake mushroom, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the other mushrooms. I, the research, I read the Harvard Newsletter because a friend of mine used to subscribe to it. My engineer friend, Hugo Conti. Why do, so we, why do people want to thin the blood? Was, that was the most amazing one. Why, why do people want to thin the blood? What's that about? Well, that's the doctors. They say uh, okay. by thinning the blood, that's right. Well, don't take vitamin K. It's going to thicken your blood. You're going to clot and die. And even in new age sales, they want to look at clotted blood and they want to look at unclotted blood. It's simply that it tends to clot when you're acid, it tends to unclot when you're, when you're uh, alkaline, and neither one is good. You want the middle, you want a colloid, you want something in between. Yeah, baby. Yeah, don't take me down to extremes. Phew. None of these extremes. Yeah. Adam Bergstrom is here. Patrick the climatologist. <laughs> Pony, com. Adam, tell folks about what they can find. Uh, give yourself some plugs on your two, two different websites. So the one up here we have is Sunsink Nutrition. What do you mostly have there? 
on SolarTommy.com, we have all our books. All the books. And, golly, I'm about 40 or so. We have, of course, the only paperback physical one we have is Yes, No, Maybe. The rest are all e-books. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, if people don't want a paperback, we have uh, When the Sun Sneezes, the Earth Catches the Cold. <laughs> we have uh, uh, Sun Sync Nutrition Synchronized. We have a Sun Synchronized Food List. We have a lot of butterfly books, all kinds of books. And, of course, all my yellow fat disease books are on that site. On Sun Sync uh, Nutrition, that's where we have for $99 you sign up. Uh, get to see a color recycling chart, a bunch of features, food lists, uh, blogs, all kinds of things. It's uh, kind of the Palisades Park of the Mind. Yeah, Palisades Only for $99 one Park of the Mind. Sign up. I like that. Palisades Park of the Mind. And you don't have to wear yeah, your mask. Palisades Park of the Mind. Is Palisades Park still in existence? I think they tore it down. Probably is. As a kid, I used to go to Palisades Park. They even wrote a song about it, didn't they? A rock song? Oh, yeah. Palisades Park. And then, of course, on the Sunsake, you'll get that great little feature if you want to really get geeky and want to know if you want to have sex at 6.15 or 6. I'm just kidding about that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What time is it, dear? Let's well, 6.20. It's right at Sex Relations Sex Time. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Adam Bergstrom is here. Thanks, Adam. Uh, let's take a quick little break here, and then we'll be right back. Thanks for kind of being on the QT during the commercials because I but but I figured out or I'm going to talk to my my geek among geeks and uh, he's going to fix that so you can make a lot of noise we were talking about the liver Adam was and this milk thistle is one of the all-time liver little herbies or it's a seed I think milk thistle is a seed shake your head Adam is milk thistle a seed do you think uh, milk oh. thistle actually is an evening is best it's an evening yeah it's a seed but it's a seed, the milk, this, um, it's a plant. Kinda. Not really, it's a thistle related to an artichoke. Oh, great, thank you. Anyway, so you know Andreas Seed Oils, uh, the fellow from Germany, and he figured out how to uh, squash, uh, squash, great word, huh? how to smash, another great word, seeds, and do it with incredibly little amount of, of energy, of heat and pressure. So these babies come out like, whew, this this product tastes like heaven, and you can get a milk thistle oil from Andres Seed Oils through our website, One Radio Network. Try get yourself a bottle and take a take a teaspoon. And what are you thinking now? Since your mic is on, what do you think? Um, you think at night? It's a thistle. You think take it at night? Yeah. Night. Cool. Okay, uh, you can even wake up in the middle of the night and take it at liver time if you want at 2, 1 a.m., but you know, probably have to do that. Anyway, I've been taking, and I went through one bottle, I'm going to order another one. Uh, I, well, as Adam said, boy, Mr. Liver's happy, and everybody's happy. So this is a great thing you can do for your liver, and check out his other oils in Andrea's seed oils. He has a whole uh, suite of them, black cumin seed oil, you go, you duck, duck, go that baby, black cumin seed, and that's a touted to cure about anything. <laughs> uh, coriander seed oil, uh, pumpkin seed oil, Mr. Prostate would love that one. Black sesame seed oil, uh, Andrea says that'll bring back some natural color to your hair, so I've been taking some of that. Uh, hemp seed oil, if you want to not smoke it, but take it in the oil. 
So these are wonderful, pristine oils in all of Myron glass. I don't, I, I don't mess with any oil except extra virgin olive oil in a dark bottle and Andrea seed oils. These are very powerful. They taste great and uh, play around with them. Let me know what you think. I think you'll, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, Andrea seed oils, the link is right there on oneradionetwork.com. Folks, if you haven't tried our sulfur, I tell you, I've been taking this sulfur pretty regularly, I don't know, seven, eight years now. And if I get off it for a week or two, I can tell that my uh, fingernails don't grow as much or my hair doesn't look quite as nice or, uh, you know, and and the skin. It really affects hair, skin, and nails and it detoxes all kinds of things that shouldn't ought to be there, like glyphos and things in your body. It's a wonderful sulfur. It is uh, um, pure, 99.9% pure sulfur and it has no excipients, tagalongs, and all those things that, that we don't want in there. One of the few ones that you can get just uh, uh um, click on our sulfur, order a couple pounds. If you want more than four pounds, email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. Here's our friend George Altgelt. I uh, talked about sulfur a couple years ago. Previously with chemist, biologist, and nutritionist George Altgelt, we asked him this. And so what do you think about Dr. Seneff's contention that as these glyphosates are in the soil, they bust the sulfur cycle, and that's really detrimental to the body? It's extremely detrimental. Uh, sulfur is such an important detoxifying agent for the entire body and especially for the liver. You've got to have trace minerals so that the liver can build these compounds that are essential for getting itself cleaned. And that lady who was talking about sulfur, mm-hmm. man, play that ad every chance you get because our foods are so deficient in sulfur and it is a big deal for the liver to have enough sulfur to make all those compounds that it uses to detoxify itself. Not just sulfur. They're all important, but sulfur is the one that we're so deficient in, and we need sulfur. Thanks, George. I had some this morning. You? You might want to give it a try. You can click an order right on the front page of oneradionetwork.com. Three locations, three prices delivered. And if you'd like more than four pounds for a discount, email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. Man, that was kind of coincidental, if you believe in coincidences, which I don't. But George talking about the liver and needing sulfur. See, that's another one I didn't think about with Mr. Liver. So that's another reason to get some sulfur. Because you know how important Mr. Liver is. Because what goes in has got to come out. Well, it doesn't have to, but... You know, don't want to leave it in there. <laughs> and God knows in our food supply and, you know, all the things in the air, well, we do get exposed to stuff, but we have tools to get it out. Like, uh, um, you know, I, once again, you know, I think it's so important to keep our thoughts positive, knowing that our body will get this stuff out. As I conjecture, if we are a DNA, like I know we are, then you're just telling your DNA and your liver that you can do whatever you need to do, baby, and just keep talking to your liver like I do, man. Mr. Liver, I love you. Mr. Liver, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Liver. Reminds me of the movie. Uh, remember, what was it? Uh, Brian's song where the guy said, I love you, uh, Brian Piccolo. Well, that's an old thing. Okay, so Shen Blossom is a, is a good friend of mine, the fellow that uh, runs Shen Blossom, Brandon Amalani. 
And boy, you talk about some products, man. I my entire I got so many products from Shen Blossom and man, they're they're so good. Yeah, you spend your money on these products and you're going to be happy. I mean, you, you can feel them. You know they're working. You uh, go on his website and read the ingredients, read why they're made the way they are, Chinese medicine style, uh, style in a very, uh, very specific and uh, uh, incredibly uh, unique in their formulas. And uh, his, uh, um, his whole connection with uh, Chinese medicine teachers, uh, very sacred. They just don't plop things together and say, well, this is good, this is good. No, it's very, very, very powerful. Um, I got a few of the uh, Shen Blossom products right here in my hands. Uh, this one here is another one for testosterone, making babies at three to five in the afternoon. Be careful, you take this and pine pollen at three to five and you're gonna, you're gonna hatch one out, baby. You're gonna... <laughs> So be careful. Okay, Arise. Very, very powerful, uh, this product. Uh, check out the ingredients here. And I'll read it here without classes. Very small uh, list. Uh, fermented yam root. Japanese climbing fern and spore. Amber resin. Similax root. Rosemary bark dandelion, ooh, liver, parsley, ashwagandha, garlic scapes, olive scapes, what an escape is, sage, shizo seed, cumin seed, pyrosia leaf, saw palmetto, Mr. Prostate, philodendron bark, plantain seed, gardenia, Japanese water plantain, Japanese root, and sakura, sacred cherry, hmm, pyrosa, and wild asparagus root. Wow. Nothing else. No propylene glycol, no alcohol, <laughs> nothing else. These are powerful. You can take this little puppy, boys, at, uh, you know, in the morning, seven to nine, and you will be making babies if somebody's around who wants to make babies. Also, this one, this is one of my faves for uh, kidney, um, uh, which is also good for uh, libido in Chinese medicine, kidney, they claim, and this is He Shi Wu, and boy, what a great product this one is. Um, Oh, they say kidney tonic, uh, brain support, longevity, immunity, um, healthy blood. I won't read all the ingredients, but um, Hoshi Wu is, wow, they've got all kinds of cool, all herbs, all clean, nothing else, no alcohol, no glycerin, just he knows how to do it. And then this one, these are one of my faves too. This is called Prime from Shen Blossom. And you put a little bit of this, bad boy in the palm of your hand. It's just like a little powder. Let me show you. Like that, and then go. Ooh. Very tasty. Do this before you eat, and it kind of primes up digestive juices, and whoa. 
Yeah, baby. Check it out. So these are just three of the ingredients, but he has mushrooms. He has all kinds of things. 50-year-old. That thing's strong. 50-year-old ginseng. Adam talked about ginseng. We'll talk about the best time to take it. He has 50-year-old ginseng. Just a bit stronger than the ginseng you sing of the you, th- you see in the counter the Circle K when you get gas. <laughs> Just a bit stronger than that. Shen Blossom, wonderful products, all in Myron Glass. You get what you pay for with Shen Blossom. Go on our website, click an order, Shen Blossom link, and uh, try some of the products. It's, you know, move around there, see what you think. is more expensive than bad information. Know the source. OneRadioNetwork.com Adam Bergstrom. How you doing, kid? Okay. <laughs> I haven't talked to you about this before and you're no, you don't have to answer now if you don't want to, but what do you say you come back again on the second, I mean the, the, the third no, we can't do the third because that's Ray Pete Day. No, it's not. Yeah. What do you say we come back another day sometime during the month? Would you do that? Love to. Cool. Love to. We'll come up with a day. Yeah. We, what, somehow, what, what were we on before? Was it first and third? Monday? In the which? Yeah, when we were on before twice, was it first and third Monday? Yeah. But then Ray sure. Pete's on Monday. What did we do? I don't know how we did that. I'll have to look at the schedule. <laughs> and I'll email you. We'll come, up, we'll come up with a day that'll be easy to promote. You know? What do you okay. say? That'll be fun. Oh, great. Because you're fun. And man, you you know, I remember all this stuff. I go, whoa, what's that about? <laughs> I mean, come on. And then you are a real testament to the idea that it takes a long time to get young. Because how many Christmases do you have under your belt? <laughs> I'm um, closing in on 81 here pretty soon. Ah, closing in on 81. And boy, you're... you're Every my, day above ground is a good day. Every day is above My philosophy. And, and uh, you, <coughs> excuse me. And you look great. And um, if you wouldn't have gone through six wives, you, you'd even look younger. <laughs> 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 but you, you look great, boy, for 81. I, you know, me, I can't say revolutions anymore because we don't revolve. So that's why I use Christmases under my belt. That's my latest term. <clears throat> uh, okay, here's one for you. Sorry, that um, that that digestive thing kind of, I need to go downstairs and get some water. Hold on. Well, actually, I have water right out of the tap. It's rainwater. I can do that Why? Adam's answering the question. Okay. Adam has told the story of a person with the second toe crossed over the big toe a few times. I'm noticing the second leaning, or the second toe is leaning toward the big toe and getting sore some days from bumping together. Can Adam please explain again what this may mean and how to heal it? Or is it the second toe leaning always from the middle toe? Maybe they're the ones fighting. Does this make any difference? I think he said once that the toes represent the organs, right foot, 
so is, is a female, right? It's always something deeper, or is it something just tight shoes? Do things just ever happen? <laughs> do things just ever happen? Probably not. Thank you. Love you guys. Okay. Good good questions. What do the toe thing? Well, the toe points are very important. They're called Akabani points and have different uh, Jingwell points, different mm-hmm. things, because they tend to be both reflex points and active points. So they're important. In the case of my friend, uh, who had a the one toe crossing over the other, the index toe, so to speak, over the big toe. Uh, uh, she asked the Donnelly, what causes this? And he said, what did your uh, father promise you that uh, he never delivered? He promised me he'd take me up in an airplane. And by the way, her father was a colonel in the Air Force. Well, anyway, Adano said, just go and go to an airport hire a private plane, go up for a flight for a half hour, and your toe will uncross. In other words, we can be in control of our own traumas. We don't have to have people give things to us because we can give them to ourselves. Now, I don't know if her toe uh, uncrossed after that or not, but those are the kind of crazy things our body shows as demonstrations of uh, of how the body works. Casey went into it, and his book's interesting about the different attributes of karma. There was symbolic comment, like if you kill somebody, you got a blood disease, and all the other types of direct karma and things. So it, somehow it's involved. Uh, in a case like that, the ideal thing is to learn how to mind hack and find out the specifics, because mind hacking is basically a lie detector machine where your own hands are all you need. The cornerstone technique is just turn the feet and see the reactions to 20 questions or 200 questions. You just have unlimited questions. If a person comes to me, they get an hour. I ask that many questions. Mm -hmm. But if they learn it, like a couple, a married couple, they can question each other for days or weeks as long as they get entertained by it. (laughs) By the way, it's a great parlor game. When I stayed with my uh, co-author, Marcella Von Harding and her husband, Jim Harding, uh, anyone who came and rang the doorbell was fair game and say, you want to come in and have your feet turned <laughs> and get me down and I'd tell them their trauma and things like That's that. Great. So I got to work on hundreds of people just uh, dry belching them at the door, basically. So so what's the what's the best ebook to get uh, to do this yourself? Say, would it be the mind hacking book? Mind hacking for the millions, definitely. We also have a video for people who need more visual things to see what I'm doing. And basically, when I'm turning my uh, my uh, people's feet, mm-hmm. you can just feel it because these are gross uh, motor movements. I mistakenly call it body dowsing, and people do this esoteric right. thing. Right. Dowsing can work. There are dowsers that can do it, but it takes a lot of talent. I've never learned how to do it, and I've had some of the best teachers in the world try to teach training. I said, we give up on you. Uh, But anyway, uh, this is so easy. Even a lunkhead can feel it like me. You know, you (laughs) feel like that moves or that moves, left or right for your answers. So like you ask a question like uh, anything bugging you today and then the right foot might go, ah, there's a woman involved. But then what if the person said, uh, my husband is bugging me. But then it was the right foot in this case. So I asked, is there a woman involved? Yes, two of them. <laughs> and one of them says, I don't care if he is your husband, I'm going to have him. Hmm. So that's how you can actually find these things. 
I found psychological truths that later I read in books that people told me, well, they already know this. Like I found out that a woman who is abused by the father, usually they blame the mother nine out of 10 times. I found it in the feet before psychologists told is, me, yeah, that's a Is fact. that right? That's interesting. Where the kid may say, mom should have protected me or, or whatever. Yeah, wow. That's a trick. And another thing is what's called middle-aged guilt. Uh, a man, when he's 40, starts regretting to, uh, to uh, sow, sowing his wild oats, and he wants to make up for his, his wife. Well, I found that the day before I read it in a book by Carl Jung. <laughs> did you? And then I started experimenting. I did 10 people and 9 out of 10. It was the father that caused it, like uh, Jung said, but in one case I found it was a mother, maybe a more dominant mother. So with mind hacking, I can go beyond uh, beyond uh, Jung because psychologists play the odds. And, you know, nine out of ten, you get a pretty good chance, but you miss the ten. With mind hacking, you get the one that you that would be missed ordinarily, yeah. the exception to the rule. So how do you how do you do that with people if you do a session through Zoomy? How do you do that? Because you can't hold their feet. I, I just lay them down. I tell you how it happened to me the first time. No, I did through Zoom. Through Zoom. It was a tennis ball. Yeah, through Zoom what? was what I asked. How do you do it through Zoom? Zoom. Oh, you don't. You, you don't. don't. You don't. Well, actually, actually, I can, but it's not quite as accurate. But every time a person says something, uh, first of all, in sound, it's almost impossible. And check this out. For anyone to say mom or dad without raising their voice one entire octave. Is that right? There's a clue right there. But but the problem is, we all have problems with mom and dad, so it's going to happen with both. Mm -hmm. So then you have to watch eye movements. Now, uh, here's a test. Go to the bank or wherever you are, and you have a friend and say, how's Sue? In other words, like your ex-wife. And watch their eye. Does it go to the left? Does it go to the right? If it's left, Sue may have been... Uh, have been having an affair with someone and you can you can basically practice this and notice those eye movements they happen all the time there's also gestures you can watch recently when i saw malone being interviewed on a show last night uh, he said i don't usually brag about myself and he did this <laughs> over his nose <laughs> so yes he does he brag does. about himself and he has credentials he should brag he should. about himself but he was giving to himself and to the audience did you watch the so, there's uh, so much yeah. you can tell from the face the cheek movements the are the eyes even uh what happens when uh, we have these nervous tics uh look at scully in the old x-files uh, uh syndrome she obviously has a male trauma and I took my whole uh, body language class to a theater in El Paso one time because they were going to have Scully and we could watch her eye on the big screen go, go boom, go boom. Well, they knew she had an eye problem. So they cleverly hid all of the scenes and took them out. And the only time I saw the eye movement was in the very distance when people wouldn't notice it because they figured no one's going to see her give an eye movement like that there. But in the TV show, Three times a minute, her eye goes thud and clunks down. If you're in the news business, you'll never make international news like that. But if you look at local forecasts, a lot of the weathermen and the weather women and the uh, newscasters 
clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> they can't say a name or mention someone else's father gets hurt or something like that without having. So you can read a lot by Skype. No. You just can't get the exact information you can get by touch. No. So I, I, to, to me, that really makes sense because I believe my experience that this is just a hologram and it's all one package, right? Our body's a hologram. So whatever we think and feel and believe, it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. DNA everywhere. It just is. So it's got to be, and I guess it just depends on what it is, where it shows up, cheek, size, what? Wow. You know, our thoughts are there. And you can actually read it by holding the hands. And one time I did something not quite ethical. With my last wife, I sensed that we were having some kind of a problem. Yeah. So one time I held her hands like I was soothing her, right? Mm -hmm. And I asked things about myself. Her left hand reacted. And I knew, uh uh-oh, we're in serious trouble. So I went to work that day, early in the morning, and I had a client uh, before at the health, I've managed the health food store, but I had a client before we opened. And in all of it, uh, having her have boyfriend problems, I figured, you know, I'm gonna go and straighten this out right now. So instead of staying at work, I'm leaving, I was a manager after all, and just go home right after I left. Well, guess what? I catch her moving out with another man. <laughs> Anyway, it was a big scene I won't go into, but uh, I knew it in advance. Probably to this day, my ex-wife was wondering, why did he come home that day? Was it just a coincidence? No, I had held her hands and knew something was wrong. That's funny. So, that's, How many times have you gone down the aisle or gone to Vegas? Yeah. Legally, five times, and a couple of fake ones in there, too. <laughs> By the way, it's a strange world. My 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 ex-wife, last one, got happily married, right, for 20 years, over 20 years. Right. And now her husband has come out as a he-she. Oh, as a he-she. Oh, good. <laughs> yep. And she writes about it in her blog, yeah. so I don't, don't mind, have any problem. I don't mind saying it. Yeah. the beans here. So anyway, they're dealing with it. They're still going to stay married. And they still seem happy. It's just that now he's a he-she. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, he, she. Well, I don't know what the that's all about. Girl. What do you? All this trans stuff, you know, what's what's the big picture on that, in your opinion, Adam Bergstrom? You know, I think there's trauma involved because I've worked on enough people's feet. I've had a lot of gay friends. When I was a cab driver, I took transvestites to nightclubs. You mm, know, it was sure. you know, a lot of that went on in Hollywood back in the, uh, the 70s when I was a cab driver. I have no judgments about it, but I tend to think, uh, despite the psychologists now saying there's no trauma associated with it, I've found traumas with it. Uh, Jung also, he would be out of date today, he found traumas. He said, you know, playing around when you're a kid and things like that, experimenting, it's a whole different thing than making an entire lifestyle out of it. And now, of course, the schools, went, you can't smoke or drink as a kid. Uh, but you can have a, be decided as a kindergartner or first grader that you can have a sex operation, you know, and the parents have to, if they interfere, you're in trouble. Hmm. There's something really radically wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the part that really kind of gets to me if I let it and I try not to and I'm doing better at it is if a four or five year old comes up and said, Mom, I really want to be a girl 
And the mom says, oh, okay, well, you know, if I would have said that when I was four, you know, my mom would have said, Patrick, go out and play. You're, you're, you're a boy. That's it. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I've been watching a lot of uh, Russian movies. I know. You they, saw, uh, I saw you on Facebook. Yeah, you put a thing on our Facebook. <laughs> you're a Russian movie. hundred hours of it or more. But, but anyway, in the recent one, the kid wanted to commit suicide. Right. So they have suicide lines giving you hints on how to do it as part of the plot. But as a kid uh, growing up after society wants to commit suicide, I mean, you want to take it to the entire limit. So really, uh, you're either going to have a child and give them other rights to, or you're not going to just give them what rights are convenient for the particular political structure that's in place at the time. So yeah. it's really sad. I'm kind of mixed on that one because I believe, my opinion, my belief uh, that we choose our parents and I believe uh, in a way we choose our sex because it's a karmic thing. So why would we come in as a boy if we really want to be a girl? And then I say to myself, well, maybe we want to experience what it is to change and so I don't want to judge any of it because I don't know. It's you know what I'm saying. It's you know it's a little weird when the kids get involved. But grown ups, I mean, whatever you want to do, man, it's not my business. Right. I've come across cases like that. That actually, of people who wanted to come in or were supposed to come in, mm -hmm. things happen. Whatever, whatever happens for whatever reasons, I can't say. Right. But I know those traumas exist because I've sure. encountered them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty dangerous to get dogmatic about anything these days, isn't it? I mean, it's always a yes, no, maybe. <laughs> True. And I always thought I was very liberal about that. I mean, I, I have gay friends. I have uh, people I know are transvestites. I mean, driving a cab in Hollywood. Uh, I can if imagine. You don't have, didn't have those sentiments even in the 70s. They called uh, Halloween gay Christmas. Yeah. And you would see hundreds of nurses, beautiful nurses that weren't really women. <laughs> yeah. And in New York, when I spent time in Manhattan, same kind of thing. I had a, a, a an Indian friend, and he was a bit naive, and these three beautiful women are winking at us. And he said, I think those women like us. And I said, those are not women. What are you talking about? And then they saw that they figured out what our conversation was about, so they just broke out in hilarious laughter yeah. slapping the table. I live yeah, in New Orleans. Uh, some of them are really good copies, yeah. but the Adam's apple usually give them yeah. away. But, uh, but I there are... New Orleans Adam for uh, three, four years in the late 70s had a lot of gay friends. And man, Halloween was, whoa, like you say, gay Christmas. It was a trip. And you go down the French Quarter and it was like, what a show. Amazing. What a show, boy. They got into it. One know. of the greatest rock and rollers of all time, uh, uh, Little Richard. He was a transvestite. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a preacher. He did both sides of it. Yeah, Little Richard. <laughs> what was it? What was some of his songs? Good Golly Miss... No, was it Good Golly Miss Molly? No. Was it? <laughs> was that one of his? Good Golly Miss Molly, Little Richard? Yeah, I, I, let's see. Was that him or Chuck Berry? I guess oh, no, Chuck no, it was probably Chuck, Chuck Berry. Chuck he could have been one of my favorites. That duck walk, you know. <laughs> Great stuff. So these Russian movies you watch, do, is it all subtitled? 
all subtitled and the plots are just ingenious really? I, I mean the, 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 it's a script writer's delight they they fooled you I, I don't like to figure the movie out halfway through what's going to happen and often I do you've watched enough movies you can pretty well figure out where it's going with these Russian movies they scramble your brain Oh, the, the see, I need to watch. Likely to either be the villain yeah. or to die dies in the middle of it. I need to watch some of those. It'll give me some ideas. Would Would you watch them on YouTube? Uh, yeah, YouTube, because for some reason they're awful free about it. There's an endless supply, and I'm talking about six, seven hour movies. That no, have. they have I've a movie that's six hours long. Six hours long, a movie? Oh, yes, yeah. That's why it's easy to chalk up a hundred hours. And you get hooked. See, I, I never would watch a movie for six hours, but they're so good. Uh, there were several series that just, uh, just amazing, just amazing. That actually had me cry at the end of the movie. Oh, so. man. Would you mind sending me a couple links to a few of the series you thought were really good? Yeah, yeah there's a couple you? that you probably would like uh, that, that have the depth yeah, of that's emotions what I want. Yeah. in them that yeah. I like. I'll, I'll send, I'll, I'll send Would you? Yeah, please. Give me some ideas because, you know, we, we learn a lot about screenwriting by watching movies, but there's so few movies, new ones, that are worth watching, you know. It, you know, most of them are just, like you say, they're just so, uh, you know, it's just like... Yeah, I love twisted plots. Yeah. You can't oh, yeah. Out with it. Where, the, where the bad guy doesn't isn't completely good and all that. You know, movies in America like The Beach. Did you ever see that with Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't think so. Totally, you think it's the, it's the hippies versus the drug uh, the drug dealers. It isn't about that. The Beach is one of those movies that uh, I really like because they totally uh, fool you. And, and I like to be fooled in a movie. Oh, I yeah. like to. Uh, be tricked yeah. by the scriptwriter who's smarter than me figuring out where it's well, going to go. That's, that's where it's at, you know. Um, and by the way, congratulations on your screen. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been getting a few. Uh, I've been getting a few things. Uh, I I have got two other ones that uh, my script came in, uh, and it was an older version, not even as good as I have now. In um, several other screenwriting contests, where I, we came in top twenty five percent. Which is good, you know, because they get thousands. All right. So you know, we're and we're learning, and I'm, you know, who knows? Just keep at it, keep learning, keep. I can do better, so I just keep. I was up at five this morning working on it. Just as you know, you do enough writing, you could go in and rewrite till the cows come home, can't you? You can just keep rewriting. Yep. One of the best uh, lessons for me when I was a cab driver in Santa Barbara in the seventies. I've been cross-country different cab driving jobs but in this time i picked up a uh, a, a known author i don't even remember who it was and i said uh uh i told her i i admired her and i'd like to be an author she said do you write i said yes then you're an author <laughs> simple as that mm -hmm. so it was a great lesson i thought wow so then i started doing newsletters and everything and now look at i've got about 40 books myself and here we are hey i'm pretty excited um I ordered a new uh, kind of, what do you call these things that you, like a, you know, where you can. Oh, like to read e-books? Yeah, to read, to read e-books. Kindle type? Yeah, it's a Kindle kind of thing. And, and I ordered it a month ago, but they were so backlogged that they're not going to deliver until this week. But I, I got one where I could just, 
upload PDFs like I've been wanting to do. I've never been able to figure out to do, even with all of Vibrant Hell's Vibrant uh, Vibrant Gal's help. Never figured out how to do it. <laughs> so, uh, so this will be great. I can go in and do the mind hacking, put it right on there, and read it. Right? Get the right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I'm gonna. I want to read it. So that's coming this week. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, Anna Bergstrom, uh, yes, no, maybe chronobiotic nutrition. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Adam has used sugar and oranges to rev up his thyroid. I wonder if he could teach us about that. <laughs> I wonder if he could teach us about that. Of these jars. Yeah. I am so unused to eating sugar. I want to have bought it and I don't really know how to use it. Also, could sugar help a person who got Kirion Barre syndrome? I guess maybe from the inject. My friend got it after his vaccine, but says sugar makes it worse. So, talk a little bit about why, uh, if you're new here, Adam and Ray Pete, they just don't sh- think sugar is this old evil, evil devil that we've been taught. It's definitely not the devil, and it was used for multiple reasons, even to cure sugar diabetes back in the day. William Budd, people like that. Ray Pete's familiar with it. When I first heard that from him, I went and found the books. Now, the French one I couldn't read, so I left that one alone. But William Budd's works are still out there, uh, courtesy of the Internet. You can find it and read it yourself. And And also the journals where he did his research that got forgotten. He reasoned that why would you stop sugar if your body burns sugar at such a rate that it is desperate for sugar and starts taking your muscle and bringing them down to sugar? Hmm. Well, he decided, what if we just give the exact amount of sugar you're using in the urine and then it won't eat your muscles, it'll burn that sugar. Same thing for candida. Candida, if you starve it of sugar, it starts eating your body. It turns cannibal. It actually grows tentacles and goes out and starts eating your organs. That's when it becomes dangerous. Ray Pete's right about that, and I knew about that before Ray Pete. I didn't realize the sugar thing until Ray Pete. Now, if you're not used to eating sugar, don't really increase it greatly. But in the middle of the night, if you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, then keep a sugar cube handy and just take it because it can prevent your cortisol and histamine from causing you to have a heart attack in the middle of the night, hmm. stroke, a seizure, or what do they call it when you stop breathing? Uh, they have a word for that. Yeah. I don't what you know. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just suddenly stop breathing. I hate it when that happens. Yogis yeah. do it, but yeah. they, they know what they're doing. Now, most people, when they stop breathing, they don't start breathing again, and there's a corpse in the middle of the night. Well, that sugar, as a preventative, is a medicine there. So I take more because during these times of pandemic and all the false uh, media viruses going out there, we've been under a lot of stress. So if I have something like an abscess or something, I could polish off one of these in a day. How would you, you know, eat it up? Actually, putting it in my hand, really? sucking it out of my hand. No kidding. Yep. Wow. But normally I don't eat that much. Yeah. I, I'm not a, a sugarholic. Like the fly, you remember your death goal? Yeah, it was uh, a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. The fly where he eats all that sugar. <laughs> now, um, but if I'm sick, 
sugar is a medicine. It heals. In fact, Ray P has cited incidents where taking sugar has actually reversed cancer. Not promoted it, but reversed. Wow. But if you had, okay, two questions. First, how would you know if you had a candida overgrowth? And if you did, would the sugar just make it worse? No, it actually improves it. <laughs> How is that? Yeah, because the candida then is, says, well, we just want sugar. We don't want to eat you, so we'll just stay here. Eat sugar. We're, we're part of the microbiome. We'll just hang out in the intestines, eat your sugar. Thank you. And then, but it increases from a lack of immunity. That's why when people go get an antibiotic, they're vulnerable at that point. I've seen a true systemic uh, candida overgrowth. Your tongue turns white. Looks like snow turns on top white, of the tongue turns what? White, it's a white? scary thing white white yeah white and that person you're in danger then because that's systemic that's the stuff that can't either go to your heart your liver your organs and then you don't want fungus in the liver you don't want fungus in your heart you don't want fungus in your pancreas what would you do for so that, that is serious what, very rare what though. would you do for oh i mean so not just a little white coating where you could be too acid or alkaline you're talking about white white yeah, the okay. real white. I real. mean, it looks like a... One time, as an example, I was in Houston, and I had this navy coat. Remember those navy coats with sure. the big fur collars and everything? I loved that coat, but I forgot it in Houston. Of course, it's damp there. I went up to the apartment that Adano had for a guest, and I opened the closet, and my navy blue coat was completely white. Whoa. And if you breathed on it... Fungus. So I gently picked it out of the closet and walked in slow motion. It took me five minutes to get to the dumpster. I heaved it in a snowstorm, a blizzard, and ran for my life. Wow. That's what candida can do right. when it's out of control. Okay, this ties right in. A great question from Zach. Loving your show. Thanks for, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea to have Adam back on another time during the month. We're going to do it. Um, but I have... What does he have? Oh, three or four toes that are dark. One, a big toe on both both sides, both feet that are all funky. I'm I'm paraphrasing because it's real long, but he's got, you know, whatever dark toes. It looks like, and so he wants to know: Is this candida overgrowth, or could be something else? And P.S. My Ayurvedic doctor told me that this is more from the outside rather than from the inside coming out. What does Adam think? Hmm. Hmm. It's possible. Uh, I'm not sure what the toes look like. So fungus. It's hard fungus to guess. Is what Usually, candida is going to be whitish, though, not dark. Not dark. It, see, it can be anything from a circulatory problem. It can be from some external uh, cause. Also, toes are indicators of aging. We die from the feet up. So if you have what's called an A-frame a toenail, like a toenail will be curved like that, and if it suddenly gets A-frame, like an A-framed house, uh, if particularly the little toe, it means premature aging, and something must be done. If the, uh, if the big toe steeples, it's usually a hormonal imbalance. So the position of the toes and all tell you certain things. And of course, you have the liver and spleen organ on the uh, on the uh, the uh, uh, big toe, you have the stomach on the next toe, and you have the kidney toe, and then you have the gallbladder toe and the urinary bladder toe. So they actually give you information about the organs too, 
just like in your hand, you have a lung meridian, you have a large intestine meridian, a circulation sex mm -hmm. meridian, a, a triple heater, thyroid meridian, and then the stomach, I mean, the uh, heart and small intestine meridian on the little pinky. So this gives you information about what finger is being uh, involved. This finger, that's the thyroid finger. You smash it, it's going to affect your thyroid. You smash this finger in the door, it's going to affect your large intestine. Just the way it works. And this will affect this side of the body, and this will affect the other side of the body with a 1% overlap. Because the way timing works, sometimes they switch rarely. I see. But 99% is a pretty good average. So how would Zach determine if his fungus toes are from the outside or inside, a candida overgrowth or something else? How would he determine that? Usually from, it's usually going to be from internally. Because externally, you have to be in that environment uh, entirely. By the way, one way to work on fungus, both externally and internally, is Paudiarco tea. Tahibo tea, red lapacho tea, they have all kinds of names for it. I think there's about 20 names for the same plant, basically. But I was amazed to see, I used to read this syndicated medical doctor because it made me get mad, and I like to get mad at this guy. He was against reflexology, against holistic <laughs> therapy, against uh, everything I was for. But someone asked him, what can I do for uh, my candida or whatever? He said, take Powderco. He said, I use it in my basement. The only thing that keeps the fungus out of my basement, I, I make a big, brew a big, big amount of it, put it in a pail, and I mop my floor, and I I'll, never get that. It caused a sensation. He got more responses to that, uh, particularly blog he did in the newspaper, Daily Blog, than any other thing. So he had to write a secondary thing and said, yeah, if it works on the outside, it's going to work on the inside. Common sense. Well, so anyway, how did Arco, or it's well known for diabetes, cancer, and other things. And definitely, that is one way to build immunity. And it's a morning bark. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, actually, you can take that both at night and day to make sure because some of the bark is in the upper but when they talk about bark they tend to go to the lower part where it's easily accessible and so it's mostly right. your barks your barks of pine trees and others are nice and you could you could use it internally and maybe get a liquid and jack could try it on his toes and see if that does something right yes and in a case when you have a medical emergency then you take it at all three times a day, maybe four times a day, so that you cover the bases. Because it's not going to be toxic. So taking it as a medicine for a week or a month isn't going to get the problem. That's why doctors used to say, take something three times a day. Then you're bound to hit it, right? And then a person says, well, you know what upsets my stomach in the morning? Well, then take it at midday at nighttime. They got their, they got a built-in thing. Since most supplements we take aren't really toxic with maybe iodine and some exceptions to the rule if you keep taking them no. uh you're not going to toxify your body by taking the three times a day approach if you don't have a clue what time it is if you have mixed herbs like some of them uh you can either take it three times a day or say hmm what part of my body is most important right lungs oh then i want to take the morning ingredients, so I'm going to take it in the morning because I don't care what the roots are doing for my genitals and I don't care 
what the seeds are doing for my uh, for my midsection. You can kind of tie so it into the body it part. Still not be talked about. Yeah, you can tie it into the body part that you're interested in. For example, in this wonderful product, the Arise, if it's got some daytime or morning herbs, but if you want to use it for Mr. Happy, you could take it circulation sex time or hormone time or, you know, exactly. or, or testosterone time. Yeah, I see. You just kind of tell it where you want to go spiritually or emotionally. Yeah. Most uh, supplement makers don't realize the time function, so you can get around it like that. Now, in one case, a lot of people don't realize, and if you're listening, inventor of Cyclone Cyclone, Cyclone Cider, you remember that? No. He made, he made a fortune on that product. And guess who was behind it? Me. Cyclone? <laughs> he came to a health food what store. Cyclone Cider. Uh, he was a local herbalist, and he came to the health food store I managed and said, the owner won't let me do a presentation on my herb here. I said, hey, you're kind of wasting your time going from health food to health food store. You have a good product and it's solar. What's solar? Well, it doesn't matter. It's a good product. Just uh, uh, why don't you call a company and get become a national representative? Well, who would I call? So just uh, by coincidence, whatever, I handed them the address of the ginseng company. Hmm. And guess what? They made him a worldwide sponsor. He signed a contract. His ads for Cyclone Cider were in the back of the yoga magazines. They were in the back of the upload magazines. And he became a worldwide phenomenon. I think it still exists, but you don't hear about it much anymore. What he probably it? retired. What was, it? what was it supposed to be used for? Uh, he used it for colds and flus and uh, things like Whatever. that. Mostly yeah. it was a uh, it was to uh, combat that kind of thing, if I remember correctly. Allergies. Yeah, Cyclone Cider. You can probably still find it on the internet. That's, it has a little cyclone, cute label. That's funny. A couple more here before mm -hmm. we go. How can sugar be good for us if we didn't evolve with processed sugar or any forms of straight sugar except occasional honey being available to us? That is assuming we did evolve, but let's go with this for the question. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, who knows? Well, okay, I'll let you answer that one. I don't know about evolution, the way it's sold, but go ahead. It's kind of like the Tory Pine didn't evolve uh, in Carpinteria. It evolved in Santa Rosa Island. So you can get different results from it. But I'm not saying necessarily go out and get sugar. But what I am saying is if you're worried about diabetes, complex carbohydrates are much more dangerous to us. Sweet fruits that are sugarized like when a banana gets you know that mm -hmm. uh, where it's so squishy that's a complete sugar not a starch it won't harm you but starches as Ray Pete has pointed out can actually get in your capillaries and cause a stroke particularly people who eat al dente pasta and undercooked grains that's why I'll eat pasta but to protect myself from that I overcook it and then I use plenty of butter and the butter will buffer it the smaller the particle, uh, sometimes the more dangerous. There's a process where it squeezes the capillary open and gets stuck. And that can cause many strokes, major strokes, all kinds of problems. Now, sugars are natural in honey, but they're also in sweet fruit. When you have a totally ripe peach or a totally white, ripe guava or turmoil, 
that's okay. So I'm not telling people to do this, but in our society where we add all these chemicals that are not natural, and how many of us really have never eaten in a restaurant, never eaten a processed food? So this is the antidote if you have ever eaten in a restaurant <laughs> and ever eaten in the food. Huh. And I'm not saying eat as much as I can have, but if you have an abscess, it's a drug now. It's a medicine. And you take a whole bunch of it. I've gotten rid of abscesses before simply by sometimes it's taken half a jar. I just sit there and wow. pour some of my That's crazy. hand, look it out, and the abscess goes away. Well, is an so abscess some kind of a internal combustion infection thing and so the sugar goes after that yeah the sugar is what we're, we burn the, the brain burns glucose that's our fuel now it burns fats and things like that for ketosis and causes problems there's nothing wrong with ketones per se if you put them in the right place and they build proteins but when you generate ketosis through starvation of lack of sugar then you have a problem. All these keto diets, keto can actually make you uh, a warrior at the gym, but find longevity. There's no one living above 100 or very rarely on a keto diet. I'm sorry, this doesn't it. happen. Yeah. Do the research. <laughs> Here's a couple, another one. Um, Happy New Year, you two groovy dudes. So, <laughs> thank you. If a person thinks they have leaky gut because of the bloating and misery, oh, bloating and misery, what do you do suggest, what does Adam suggest? I need to watch what I eat like dairy and quit bloating so much. So when she eats dairy, she bloats up a bit. Eating on time solves that. And by the way, I promised somebody I would answer a question about melted cheese. Okay, but let's do her, let's do her question cheese. first here. So okay. on her leaky gut thing, uh, stay with her for a second. What do you, what are your ideas? Uh, become more acidic. Simple as that. Become more you, acidic. You're going to leak when you're alkaline, and you're going to not leak when you're acid. So become more acid. It's it's simply it's simply we leak. Our cells can't communicate with each other without leaking. In fact, the cells are so powerful. You can swallow a pin and it can end up in your toe after five years. Oh, good. Traveling through these cells communicating. So, of course, we leak. So, so how do you get more There's acid? People. How do you get more acid? Uh, then you eat more proteins, usually. And you can take certain chemicals. Obviously, baking soda isn't going to do the job to make you more acid. So, you uh, take more protein usually does it. Uh, more eggs, things like that. Right. Dairy makes you alkaline except for some cheeses, like maybe sharp, sharp cheddar and things like that. So people need to know. Now, I have a book called Acidify or Die, of course, and it goes into that. The name is a parody on Alkalize or Die. All right. Obviously, we want to balance, a dynamic balance. You're more acid in the morning, more alkaline in the evening, more acid. It's been going on like that for centuries and centuries upon centuries. Yeah. So we want balance. I wrote that as a rebuttal for the stupid idea that uh, acid causes cancer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so can the tongue in general tell us anything about our acid or alkaline? Uh, yes, it can be misleading, but on a percentage, if you follow the statistics, it can. If you're more acidic, your tongue tends to be white. It tends to be smooth, 
where uh, uh, there's no cracks in it usually, but a lot of white tends to come up. You tend to make more mucus than average, more blowing your nose, and you get productive stuff out of it. Uh, you can have cracks in your skin, but it oozes. With an alkaline person, they have a dry cough. No mucus comes out, <coughs> that kind of thing. And they tend to have cracked heels, but very dry. They tend to have cracks in the tongue, and the tongue is very red. Is it? And that's, that's more alkaline? Between that's alkaline? Races. Dry cough and all yeah. this? Yeah, okay. the alkaline is the red. Uh, the alkaline person does better in a, in a humid situation. Uh, acid people do great in the desert. I have a friend that is a couple. One is very acid, one is very alkaline. They live in the desert. He doesn't do well in the desert. He does well when they go to the beach, and she does better in the desert. Here's a good one for you from Eon, E-I-O-N-E. -E. What a great name. What does Adam think about eating pork? Been eating a bit of it over Christmas also, and also dates, uh, two things. I think they're my favorite food. I'd like to know the best time to eat them. Uh, thanks, guys. Hello from Ireland. It's dark and uh, weather sucks over here. Oh, this fellow's from Ireland. Hi. So, pork. Uh, you know, because pork doesn't have sweat glands, it has a lot of uh, baggage that goes along with it. Now, I haven't eaten pork since probably the 50s when I gave it up. Uh, I'm not sure that's valid, except I did not give up one type of pork, which I was addicted to. And when I became a vegetarian for 14 years, it was one of the two foods the hardest to give up. Bacon. Bacon, oh, baby. I, I, I could eat strips and strips and strips of pork bacon. Later, I said, oh, I should eat uh, beef bacon. I should eat uh, uh, veggie bacon and all yeah. kinds of things. But every once in a while, I end up at uh, Denny's or someplace like that and have the Grand Slam with the oh, bacon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to Ray Peak, the healthiest uh, pork to eat is bacon. <laughs> oh, I think so. So does Jennifer Daniels, too. She loves bacon. She, she said, actually, um, it, it's good for anxiety. People who are anxious have some bacon. It'll chill you out a little bit. Interesting. You know, the, we have a... I haven't had it for a while. I should run out and I'll get, get some. <laughs> we, we have a, a pork producer in uh, Dripping Springs at the Farmer's Market who is now moving his whole operation to Willie Nelson's place to do a whole regenerative farm. And they have all vegetarian pigs, right? The best... I mean, no drugs, nothing. I mean, these pigs, whoa. And, boy, his pork, I get some, the pork chops... They're amazing. I mean, digestible, and they taste great, and it's like eating butter, you know. So I don't know where all this bad stuff pork came from. It was a Jewish thing, wasn't it, about the clove hooves or something? Biblical? Yeah, the, uh, there were laws about clove hooves and things like that that yeah. went on. And the sweat glands, they don't have sweat glands, so that's one thing that goes against them. But actually, pigs in the wilderness are very clean animals. Oh, they yeah. don't roll in the mud. They roll in the mud because we put them in the mud. <laughs> They're smart, too. Do you see the, uh, there's a great movie, I think it's called Pig. It's about this guy who owns a pig, and somebody steals it because uh, he had this pig that would find all these truffles that he would get a lot of money for. It's great, a great movie. Yeah, really, really fun movie. I think it's called Pig or something like that. Yeah, Interesting. You know, trauma might be involved with my thing about pigs because when ah, I was a kid, ah. my parents bought a circus pig. 
he was my pet. And one day he disappeared. And I didn't know we were eating my pet. <laughs> yeah, you could be. You could just have a pork trauma, you know? Boy, bacon. a trained pig. He could do tricks. <laughs> bacon sure is good, though. There's no doubt about it. It uh, is. It is really yum, you know? Okay, we got to go because uh, I got something I got to do. But uh, trying again. Oh, I don't think we answered. Can sugar help Guillain Barre syndrome? I think we we got carried away and didn't answer that question about sugar. You know, I'd have to look that up specifically, but it can help just about anything, and you won't know till you try it. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not saying go out and uh, if if you're diagnosed with diabetes, make sure you know what you're doing with this. But basically. My father died at 54 because they put him on a keto diet, frankly. And if I'd known what I knew now, who knows? I might have been able to give him another 10 or 20 years. Sure. Another one so, just, uh, just popped in from Anna. Hello. How do you dissolve melted cheese bezoars, B-E-Z-O-A-R-S, in the small intestines? I noticed that after my laparoscopic appendicectomy, if I eat mozzarella cheese that it gets stuck in my small intestine loop near the belly button where I believe I have an adhesion from the surgery. Also, please explain why cheese forms bezoars and what I can do. Okay, first off, what the heck is a bezoar? B-E-Z-O-A-R-S. Is this a word she got from you? Yes. Actually, and I got it from a medical book. Okay. And I believe it's pronounced bezoars. Bezoars. To be correct. But it's B-E-Z-O-A-R-S. Okay. And basically, it's it's a, a, a concretion that forms in the intestines. Hairballs is well known. Pets get them all the time. Human beings get them from the little hairs and uh, chickens and things like that, by the way, the feather things. Uh -huh. So humans are subject to them, too. Persimmons are a major villain. Coca-Cola will actually help dissolve them, by the way. But people don't realize the difference between regular cheese and a melted cheese. Next time, eat a cheese and watch how it coats your mouth uniformly. But then eat a melted cheese and notice how you can't break it down except into bits. It will never form a cream in your own mouth. It goes down and the ketones in your own saliva will harden it even further. When my friend had a laboratory, I saw a big container saying ketones. I said, what do you use that for? To harden resins. Uh-oh, <laughs> that's why you don't take melted cheese. Now, you're more vulnerable to melted cheese when you've had surgeries and sure, different like, types. Like this lady. Appendectomies, sure. et cetera. No There's a perfect example. Yeah. Most people are never going to notice. They're going to say, are you crazy? Melted cheese can do that. But as you age or think you age, or think your you age. organs tend to cause ptosis. They drop. Hmm. And then it's harder for stuff to get through there. And then melted cheese can cause a problem. It depends on how much you eat, too. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza, you keep adding it up. Melted cheese sandwiches, this and that. And it's like uh, I read a column at one point. Someone asked, can I swallow chewing gum? Is it okay to do that? And the answer was, yeah, sure, no problem. Velveeta is 100% undigestible, and no one has a problem with that. Well, they do. If you Chewing gum has been known to cause problems, but mostly it goes through your body. Yeah. So anyway, melted cheese, another person asked me, by the way, how do you get rid of this stuff that's already there? 
have three bowel movements a day, take some apple cider vinegar as a salad dressing in the middle of the day, take some grape juice in the middle of the day, or some even some grape vinegar or a little red grape wine, that helps to make it go. And uh, another thing is an exercise you've been doing lately. Oh, I, mean, I was going to mention that I've got up to a minute and a half, so I'm 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 gaining. I'm impressed. <laughs> Boy, you get strong. I mean, my arms, my shoulders, everything just hanging like a monkey, just like this. So what I do? One of the best things for stretching the organs out, right to the bottom, and for melted cheese. So one of the things I got a digital clock, so I start right, so I time myself. And then about about an hour and 20 minutes, man, it's painful. And I just keep going, right? I just keep going. Okay, breathe, Patrick. You can do it. Come on more. And if I can gain five minutes on my time, then I drop, you know. So, and and uh, Zach, who's the guy? Tommy John's a fellow that talks about this with Dr. Cowan. He suggested if you can work yourself up to six minutes a day, not all at once. I don't know if anybody can make six minutes, but maybe you can anything's possible that it really is powerful and i'm telling you get, i'm growing muscles and my shoulders uh i don't know and it's just hanging what a great have you have you you mess around with that much have you done it i have because uh back in the 80s there was a very popular book on brachiation they called it both hanging and you know those things that children's playground you hang yeah go right. from yeah. run to run we used to do those that when kind of kids. thing is very healthy but just hanging is an excellent exercise and again it stretches the body now a good way to keep the intestines uh tonified number one do anti-gravity you get in one of those gravity beds and okay. lie it down the other way i tend to have a drop transverse colon so things can get stuck in the bottom of that without moving on you do that it undoes it then the other way you stretch out the organs like it's supposed to be because as people age, you'll find a funny thing. They shrink. And where do they shrink? Their torso bunches Oh, down up. here. Huh. Well, all those organs, you now have a traffic jam. You have a, right. a, a urban crowding in that area. And the more you stretch it out, the more they can do their job without having the heart press on oh. the liver, press on the this, press on the gallbladder, oh. and squeeze out one organ completely. I'm going to stay at it, so we'll keep... Uh We'll keep you updated. I'm still doing my stretching, not nearly as much as I used to, but still three times a week I get out there, and it's so much easier. My whole body has changed. It's you know I don't have to stay an hour, half an hour to do everything I want to do. It's so, and I'm sure Vibrant Gal knows that. The more you do yoga, the easier it is, and the less you really have to, unless you just like doing it. You know, so stretching and hanging. Said, we're going to get a bar to it. Are you? Yeah, get, get, get one. Room. Yeah. But, you know, make sure when you do, don't get one of those that they just want you to do this with the pressure to go into the door jam. You know what I mean? Where you, like, oh, yeah. Don't you do, had an accident. Yeah, don't do that, man. <laughs> I fell off of mine. I fell back, hit the back of my head on the my wood-burning stove. Get one, where, Adam, where you, you nail in the, you know what I mean? You nail in the the little ends so they ain't going anywhere. And then you put the bar in a little cup. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't want you falling because you're a heavy guy. So, yeah. Yeah, do it. You and, you well, even but, thinking of getting one for our back gate. Yeah. We have a, a fence that's made out of stone. Good. It's about a foot wide. Just balance it up there and hang. Oh, you're going to balance it up there? 
That might work. Yeah, we're thinking of doing that either with a pipe or get a regular barbell length and just prop up there. Yeah. So. You could both hang together and just check it out, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're hanging out. <laughs> hanging out. Better be careful. You might all of a sudden, a uh, vibrant gal may be getting fertile, Myrtle, you know? So be careful. <laughs> Pretty soon I can take these shoulder pads off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, another thing that builds shoulders and is uh, I rebound every day and you do this. That builds up shoulders too, you know, rebound. Definitely. All right, kid, I got to go. I got to do a little appointment, but I uh, love you. Okay, so I'll work with you on email and we'll come up and do another time twice a month. Let's do it because I, so, right. I have so much fun with you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming happy on the show. Happy 2022, everyone. That's right. Uh, happy New Year 2022. Adam Bergstrom, tell about your two websites and I put one up here real quick. Uh, solartiming.com that's where the books are and there's other features there so come and check us out and then sunsinknutrition.com that's the $99 all the time sign up with a lot of uh, features on it that are explained if you go to the website there you go well it's an honor uh, happy new you we love you take care if you need something coffee sugar eggs you know just give us a call we'll, we'll take care thank you brother take care Thank you. May the blessings Thanks. be. Adam Bergstrom, he's a bomb, right? Man, I tell you what. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to just, uh, let me quit this thing here. And um, hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get him on another time during the month. Come on. I mean, there's just nobody I know. <laughs> nobody I know that knows so much and has so much experience. Hold on a second. Why can I still hear him? Hold on, let me. Got a disc. There we go. Okay, I think we got it now. Okay. I mean, I was about to say before I was so rudely interrupted by my mouse is that I don't know anybody on the planet today ever that has as much experience with all of this stuff that we love to talk about and remembers all of this and, and such deep research. Nobody. Nobody on the planet. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a real gift from the gods, if you will. So we're going to have him on twice a month and we'll figure out a time. And So send in your emails for him and, and uh, every time he comes on we'll, we'll get it loaded up and ask questions and go to his website, support him. You know, it's really important and I good time to mention it. You know, people talk about free this, right? Free this. Free. There's nothing free. <clears throat> Everything on planet Earth, in my opinion, should be if you really want to keep your karma balanced, an exchange of energy. Everything. Everything. That's why I don't support or recommend, you know, finding finding movies on these dark webs, you know, like that you should be paying for. Adam's watching on YouTube. That's different. Don't do that. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but it's bad karma. You're going to pay for it someday. Trust me. 
You will. No free lunch. Everything should be paid for in the true coin. So I encourage you, if you really enjoy a lot of other podcasts or like ours, to support us. You want to donate a little bit or buy products or do something. It's just, I'm not saying that to raise money because we're fine, but it's it's just, it's good karma. You know, it's no different than people helping you clean a house and or you carry some wood or fix your car. Uh, even if they want to do it for free, give them some money. It's just energy, baby. Money is just energy. There's no intrinsic value to it. And believe me, if you try to want to hold on to it because you don't think you have enough, then that's when you don't have enough. Turn it around. It's energy. So you move the energy and more comes in. Move it. Buy what you want. Support the people that you want. It's opposite than what the little mind thinks. Oh, I can't spend that because I'm in. It's all BS. The more you spend, the more you get. Now, I'm not talking about stupid stuff, but spend money with people or products that you can use and don't be shy and think you don't have enough money because if you spend it, it'll just come back. It just works like that. It's the way, because it's energy. Don't think about it as a dollar. It's just energy. It's, a, it's, it's neutral. It's not good or bad. As soon as we start placing money is good, oh, it's good if you have more, it's bad if you have less, then you're in a, you're in a mind whack, hack, using Adam's term, and that's why people don't have as much money as they need, because they don't understand it. So spend it. Support people that uh, you like on the internet. You know. Sure, Netflix is a globalist. Amazon Prime are globalist. But, you know, if you want to watch some movies and you really want to watch them, give them a hundred bucks a year. I mean, it won't, come on. I mean, I'm not a purist when it comes to that. But that's just me. But you, you can find movies to pay for. Okay. My little karma rant. I love you all very much. Thank you. Happy New Year. I will see you tomorrow. And uh, we have, uh, we're going to talk about the gut. And also, uh, Doc has really gone through some real challenges with his whole injection thing. Melissa Sill will be here later. Uh, Fred Dashevsky, talk about the real world of money. We've got a lot of cool things coming up for you um, on One Radio Network. Thanks for your ongoing support. I love you. Take care. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock. May the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.